White Sox fans, Alyssa Bergamini, your in-game host for your Chicago White Sox, and you are watching the best podcast on the south side of Chicago, South Burbs Hitman. Make sure to tune in. Section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitman. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can hit it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges close. Out. And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. First pitch starts now. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to South Burbs Hitmen. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined by my White Sox brother-in-arms, Chris Gonzalez and Vinny Parisi. Gentlemen, it has been a brutal week for White Sox baseball. There's not really much more to say about that, and we'll get to it a little bit more later. But before we do that, we do want to bring on our very special guest for today. You usually know him for talking football, but he's a White Sox fan just like us. Let's join me in welcoming our special guest, Kenneth Davis, to the show. Kenneth, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight, man. Yo, what's going on, Chris, Joe, and Vinny? It's nice to finally meet you. Vinny, I don't know why, but you live in my algorithm on uh, on Twitter. Like, you are in my algorithm on Twitter. You're ever-present, to say the least, in my stocks content. Well, going, guys? It's nice to meet I you. hope that's a good thing. I get, I hear that a lot. Some people like it, some people don't. But I, I, I like it. I like it. It's, uh, it's good. With Thank me. you for it's coming on. Gentlemen, doing. Yeah, man. We 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 appreciate you coming on. And uh, you know, obviously, we usually talk football with you, but we know you want to talk White Sox. We want to bring you on. Um, it has been arguably one of the most brutal weeks uh, in White Sox. I don't want to say history, but in in most recent memory. Uh, Kenneth, going past and looking back in the last week with Tony Larusa and some of the decision making, you know, the walk with a one-two count on Trey Turner this week. Uh, I just got to get your thoughts on Tony Larusa and how he's doing with this team right now. Terrible. I mean, I hate to say it. It kind of goes back to there was. A, I think there was a um, there was a part of last season where the storm ended and the skies opened up, and for a minute you thought. 
hey, he's a Hall of Fame person, right? It, you know, it was kind of like this may not be as bad with Tony. And it seems like this season has been a lot of, see, this is why we didn't want him here in the first place. You know, like I I, I feel for Rick Hahn. I, I, I really feel for a man that put in all this work to get the talent on this team together and you couldn't even handpick the guy that's supposed to go out there and run your script, basically. So it's been it's been terrible. And I mean, they, you, I can't put all the hitting on Tony and all of that. Sure. But it's just something it's something about a head figure that you don't feel is adding to you and is, is helping and benefiting you compared to, and this is from a fan outside perspective, not from a player on the inside. I feel like someone who's dragging you down. And I mean, last week, that was ridiculous. Like that, that, was. that made, that made no, it made no sense whatsoever. Just get the strike. Damn it. Like what, what <laughs> are you doing? Like that? I mean, stuff like that, you know, like it, it's just, that was hard. Um, it's been a rough year to be a Sox fan because the window doesn't feel like the window, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, the expectations were sky high before the season, right? And, you know, kind of comes crashing down to earth now. And, you know, now we're looking at this team, and, and Vinny talked about it earlier today on, on WGN about uh, this team. Originally, we're like, oh, it's going to be like a 100-win team, team easy. But now you look at this team and you're like, man, can they even make a wild card spot into the playoffs? It's you know, it's it's been a bit of a free fall. But, uh, Kenneth, before we dive any d- deeper into White Sox talk, I just want to get a little bit into your fandom as a, as a White Sox fan and, you know, kind of uh, your your baseball path to, to where you are now, like following following the game. All right. So it's funny that you bring this up because I was thinking about it the other day. So when I was a little kid, I remember my mother used to get up in the morning and iron her clothes and me and my brother's clothes, and my dad would probably be asleep. And I would walk into her, their room and she would iron on the floor for some reason. She didn't use an ironing board. She would iron on the floor. And um, I was the, 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 the Muppets would be on because the Muppets used to come on WGN at like 6.30 a.m. or something in the morning, like sometime early in the morning. And they would always announce, and this had to be 85, and it hit me where I always remember, 85. Every morning the Cubs lost. And I remember, and I'm not the, I'm too old to be the cub basher. That's not even why I'm bringing it up. But at that point, as a little kid, I remember thinking, why do people like them? Right. And I think they lost like 14 games in a row that season, right? Something, something epic to that degree, right? So that yeah. began it. But also, um, my mother was raised close, like right across from Mercy Hospital. And I had family that lived right around in the PJs. So I would spend the summertime like right there with the when I was a teen. We're not preteen with the fire. I just love the. It's something about being the have nots that always appealed to me as a Sox fan in a city that the Cubs are the first team. There was something that felt in line, and I think also being a being black too. You know, so like for instance, let me just just say this in comic books. I always drifted towards mutants. Like I'm a more of an X Men fan than anybody, right? Because it kind of falls in line with how I've lived in society for the most part. So that was always appealing to me. It was just something just to me ill about it. And it was, I'm a Southsider. So I've just always loved the Sox through, through and through. I've been a Sox fan. Um, I go back to um, 05 and um, wait, wait, I go back to 05 and my dad had died three years prior, maybe three and a half years prior. 
And I, I look, matter of fact, wait, I remember me and the old lady, right? We came in from, <laughs> uh, we took a trip to Vegas and California, to, to Vegas and Los Angeles, right? So at this beginning of this year, so Shingo has been revealed that just lay off of it, right? You know, Mr. just Zero. like, hey, the trick with Shingo is just don't swing, right? And then Dustin <laughs> Hermanson, he, he flamed out, not on him, and he got hurt. But for a second, it was like, man, we got Dustin Hermanson. We still can pull this off, right? So we don't have a closer. The season is kind of falling apart. Cleveland's running the tab up, trying to catch up to ourselves. And I remember watching a game. I just came, got off a flight, and I'm watching. And I'm looking. I'm like, who's juicing the gun, right? That's my first thought, right? And I'm like, what's the hook on that curveball, right? And I'm like, oh, and then that week it was like, oh, we still got a chance because, of course, it was big, bad Bobby Jinx, right? And then to go from – exactly. <laughs> then to go from um, – I, I always appreciate the Guardians in this instant because they started the playoffs on the Sox early. The Sox were playoff ready because they basically ran from wire to wire with the lead, but they needed someone to ignite that ass, right? Yeah, and yeah. For, for the Sox to go on that run, for El Duque to come in, at first they went through the teams. I, we didn't get our hands on the Yankees, but we, we at least got the Red Sox, right? And for what El Duque did to go through, I can still remember being mad at Carl Everett for taking the trophy and running to the bump in Minute Maid. He used to piss me off sometimes. But just still, like, that's, I guess, in totality, my Sox fandom, my favorite Sox players. Of course, I'm a big Hurt guy. My favorite Sox pitcher is Mark Burley. Um, Ozzy's one of my favorite Sox players, of course, because there's the player and the manager. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, who else can I say sticks out to me? I like a lot of the players that are on the team now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but just that's my Sox fandom, man. I just I've always loved the team. Baseball is the cruelest. Can I curse on here? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Baseball is the cruelest bitch that there may ever be when it comes to sports. <laughs> right? I'm just telling you that. Being like I talk football. It's fact. But baseball, nothing hurts more than your baseball team if you love baseball. Not just sucking, because at least you could disconnect when they suck. But when they're either supposed, when they're trying to be good and they're not, or they're supposed to be good and they're not. It's nothing. Like, I look at my Twitter timeline, and it's sad, to be honest. I'm like, man, people need a break, right? I'm like, people need a break, man. It's hard out here. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough right now. Um... But no, it's 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 exciting to, to to talk about that 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 White Sox fandom because I know we all remember 05 so fondly. We want to capture it uh, definitely more. You know, it's been too long. Let's put it that way. So hopefully these guys can turn it around. I'm gonna toss you over to Chris Gonzalez. Gonzo, what do you got for Kenneth? What up, Kenneth? What's going on, Chris? Now, when I reached out to you, I'm just gonna keep it 100, Kenneth. Like I know how humble the guy you are, and you speak the truth. And like on any network, any show that I've watched you on, you keep it a hundred. And that's what I love about you. Haven't had the t- haven't had the opportunity to actually talk to you in person or on a show. Um, but what I'm about to ask you goes to your character. Um, the guy behind you, I see you had a Jackie Robinson poster since as long as I can remember. I want you to talk about your fandom to Jackie, what he meant to you, and go a little bit into the situation with Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson that we've seen this year with the White Sox? Um, look, the most important sports figure to me is basically Jackie. You know, one, evidently, this brown face that you see in front of you. Um, but just when you think about how 
how long before the civil rights movement it was before that gentleman right there had to take on what he had to you know what i'm saying like like that that's it's it's people i think sometimes people get it twisted um when it comes to jackie jackie didn't get spit on and batteries thrown at him and cleats coming up high so that players nowadays have to be humble you know what i'm saying and getting to the chris Don, i mean the josh donaldson situation I don't think I didn't I don't think Josh Donaldson was doing it in a friendly manner. You know, I don't know what's in his heart. I could say that it would, could be racist. But I don't know Josh Donaldson. I wouldn't do it. I'm very I'll be I tell you this too. I'm very sensitive to what how people want to be how people want to be talked to, especially if we so let's just say Chris, like you you for instance, you tell me like Ken, I don't like it when people say this, right? I'm not going to sit there and be like, "Why don't you like it?" It's very easy for me to just let it go. You know, like that. I think that's a problem today in society where I look, dude, if, if it's always, especially if it's not affecting me, I don't care what you want, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I look at sports in general and think about the impact that number 42 had. I uh, think about and a lot of people don't notice how disappointed he was in this country by the time he passed. Like a lot of people, it's kind of um, it's kind of kind of whitewashed in a way uh, like MLK. When you talk about Jackie where it's kind of like, yeah, he did this, and it's, you know, that's great. And it's like, no, you got to dig deeper into the totality of Jackie Robinson. So getting with the, 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 the Tim situation, listen, I don't necessarily believe, to be frankly honest with you, he had to say, I'm going to be the Jackie Robinson of fun. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not what I would have done, but I don't think that gives Josh Donaldson an allowance to use it, especially we're not even dogs, to use it in a way that to me seems demeaning. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we're Sox fans. Who here likes Josh Donaldson? What what players on the None Sox like? What who's who's buddies with Josh Donaldson? Where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna rib you a little bit, and we're cool like that. And if Timmy, if Timmy said so, as far as I told him before, I don't like it, I don't care for it. So why is he doing it now when he has on the pinstripe? So that's kind of that's how I felt about it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have done, if I was Josh Donaldson, I wouldn't have done it. If that answers your question, your question, Chris, I wouldn't have done it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's some there's there's a there's a reason to just leave shit be, you know. Like that's the thing. Sometimes we play too damn much. And like I'll put it even more like this. I think of you guys as some old school guys for the most part. See, when I was coming up, I would have had a chance to get my hands on you. Now that's not to say that's what Timmy should have done or whatever. But sooner or later in the old neighborhood, I was gonna have to see you, and we were gonna have to address. Whatever happened, if I didn't like it, and if I either I was going to man up and let you know how I felt and take care of the business that I felt needs to be taken care of. But nowadays, and I mean, you guys on social media and just in general, people feel this um, right to a certain degree to pop off in ways that there's no need for you to be popping off at. In. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the truth, and it's 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 an unfortunate situation with with Josh Donaldson and and Tim and. You know, it's. I tell you one thing. It's it's one thing that uh, this this team it kind of lit a fire under them for a couple of days, and then they kind of fizzled back out again, unfortunately. But guys, will go ahead say, and keep going, my friend. I was going to say that, and it just so I can't even say unfortunate because that's it's a belittling statement for me to say unfortunate that the yeah the league just let that slide completely. It yeah, is baffling. They, it's sick. It's just baffling. Well, I'll, 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 you know what? I'll it cover slightly me, for the I'll cover slightly for the league. 
because there's going to be people that will be like, how do you know? How do you know where his heart is? How do you know? 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 Right? And what they were at least doing was addressing that it wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? Like that was because then how do you start finding off of intent to a certain degree? You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, I mean, to me, they, I, it could have, it should have, it should have been three games at least. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that man should have lost his livelihood or anything like that. That's definitely not what I believe should have taken place. Um, it could have been, it could have been a sterner punishment, but I also look at the league as in a situation where people are going to be like, oh, so you guys, you're, you're turning liberal and you're doing a, like sometimes we we got to do the party line stuff instead of just talking about right and wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like we and it, uh, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day that I won't even jump mm-hmm. into on you guys show. Popping no well, man. I, 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 I mean, <laughs> I think everything you need saying. to know real, real quick, Gonzo, I'm just to say I think everything you need to know about yeah. that situation is that nobody on the Yankees came to his defense. Right. Is it, Aaron Boone didn't like I mean, just your manager didn't cape for you, you know, so. Again, for anybody that's defending him, you know what I'm saying? Like, your manager didn't even come out and play like, well, maybe, you know, like guys usually do. But again, I don't know what's in Josh Donaldson's heart. I just, it was, it was, it was unnecessary to say the least, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, in my opinion, it's, it's a sensitive, it might be a sensitive topic, but I would just love to see a statement made, especially in this climate that we're in that just continues to allow things to go. And when you have all these either aisle with extremists, it needs to stop. Right. And you got to do something. And it starts with our society making that stride Facts. to make a statement. It's not even political because it's us as society allowing it to happen. And we got to make a, a, a stance and, and make that change instead of putting into politicians' hands. We as a society can change that at the smaller levels and work on that. Within your community, that transfers to your state, and that tra- that transfers across the nation. But you have to start in those micro levels, making that change. Well put, sir. Well put. Preach, Gonzo. I like it, man. Good stuff. <laughs> I can't. I, w- I would be disrespecting if I tried to add on. I mean, that's like why are we allowing people to play with? Like, no one's our friend. Like, we keep acting like these people are really our friends. They're not our friends. They're using our heartstrings to get what they want and bail. No one's, neither, I'm not, no one's our buddies in this. I'm with you. If we took off the blinders and realized, like, yo, you're not getting bread. I'm not getting bread, but so and so's getting some bread. How how, are we going to, like, if we really just put it in, in the proper perspective, but, you know, we're all running around with different shades on, blocking us from seeing. Not to say I know everything, anything like that. But again, I don't mean to come on you guys' show and make it some type of political thing. That's not what we're here to talk sports. Sports is a respite to get away from everything. And so I don't even want to make it out like that. I want to, man, don't break Kenneth Ass back over here talking all that. So. <laughs> no, I, mean, I would love, like we were talking about algorithm with you and Vinny. And I know with my 290 followers, I need to get in your algorithm. Have you bump up? You do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to. all of y'all right now. Where's my phone at? Hey man, South Burbs Hitman, we just hit fifteen hundred followers this week, guys. So that's big stuff. Let's get the fire. I'm gonna toss it over to my co-host Benny to fire away at you. Yeah, Kenneth, how we doing? I'm well, Vinny. I feel like I know you. Look, I had to make sure I didn't know you how much you pop up in my charisma. I was like, damn, I know I I have to know him, right? I appreciate it, of (laughs) course, as always. But 
It's probably just because the White Sox are bad and people love negativity. So when I tweet the, <laughs> the obvious stuff, that always gets more likes and retweets than if the White Sox were good. That's just a fact that goes for every team. People love it. Was the same thing with the Bears, I'm sure you know. But I'm curious. Yeah. I know it's hard to follow up a conversation like that with sports, obviously, but we are here to have fun, as you mentioned. Um, this 2022 White Sox team, they stink. As of right now, at least, they stink. Compared to their expectations, I guess I should say. There are a couple teams – you know, in the DMV area that probably wish they had the White Sox problems right now, talking about like the Orioles and the Nationals. Bad teams like that wish they were the White Sox right now. But when you come into the season with division champion at minimum expectations, being 27 and 31 through the first however many games that is, is less than ideal. But I'm curious to know, is this in your fanhood of watching the team the most disappointed you've ever been with a White Sox team start? Because for me, it's here. And then in 2016, they weren't supposed to be like World Series good or anything, but they started off, what, 21-9? and They looked like they had a chance to be a division contender there, and then they threw it all away. To me, those are the two most frustrating seasons in the history of being a fan of this damn team. Wait, hold on. First of all, we got to go back to this 2016 year because I I think you're bringing up something that should never be spoken about ever, 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 ever. Is this You tell me to lock it with a key, I'll never bring it up again. Is this the James Shield trade year? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. uh, So they had to cut. They had to cut. Um. What's John Danks was finally at the end of his uh, string there. His rope. They kind of did what they did with Keuchel. It's like, okay, this guy used to be real nice. He's our number five. He can't even be our number five anymore. So they get rid of him and to try and replace him, they bring in James Shields. That's why I'm happy we got Cueto instead of trading for someone to replace but, Dallas uh, Keuchel. They kind of but here, here take Fernando Tatis Jr., though. Take him off our hands for James Shields. That, that, yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you about that year. Me, I I, I was a tandem at one point. Me and uh, Demaz, it was D and David's show for a long period of time. And Demaz is just rooting in 2016 because we think about it, we're, we're Sox fans. We're seeing the Cubs uh, have weaponized themselves and are ready to win, head towards the World Series. He's like, man, they should go for it. They should make a trade. I was like, no, they shouldn't. This is false hope this year. Don't do it, right? Now, nobody knew Fernando Tassis Jr. was going to become what he became. But let's, yeah. to the, For the most part, maybe the Padres had a little inkling, but no, nobody knew that was going to happen. Um, you know what? This year, to answer your question, Vinny, is getting close. And last week, I had a conversation with my producer on the Under Center podcast, Tony Gill, because he he asked this on The Rush. Uh, make sure you check out The Rush, 5 p.m. on uh, you know Facebook and uh, YouTube and all that. But um, he sure. asked this question. He proposed it. Is this year becoming the worst? And the only, the only problem with me saying this is the worst year is, as a Sox fan, I still feel like Jerry didn't arm this team with everything they should have been armed with. If we're, if we're real, like if you're going, it's like the, at least last year, we used to lie to ourselves and be like, man, Jerry at least gonna spend money for Tony, right? He, you know, come trade deadline, you know, Jerry's not gonna have the shrinking arms. Jerry's gonna reach down to that <sighs> purse and start tossing that bread out like it's going out of style, right? And you do you know you needed a pitcher, you didn't get a pitcher. You brought in an old man to play second base, and at least you brought in AJ Pollock. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you, I'll give you Pollock, but again, you we all know Aloy's gonna go down. Now, let's be honest now. You got you you need, and I'm an Adam Engel guy, but you can't count on Adam Engel being healthy for the majority of a season. You know what I'm saying? Like I like having him there, but I know I can't be like, yo. We got Adam Engel. We straight. Because usually, as athletic as he is, he's going to go down. So not having that extra outfielder, um, just 
every like, dude, this is when you spin. Like, so that that alone kind of made me feel like, you know what? I don't know, to be honest with you, Vinny. Like, I, I was like, I, I, and not, like, what part of this year made me feel like, outside of the fact that the Astros, you know, the, 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 their team isn't the same team talent wise, but what part of the offseason made me feel different from what we saw in the playoffs last year against the Strohs? You know, where it was like, no, we couldn't get past the Strohs. Forget who else we would have had to play against. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, there was nothing to make me feel outside of that. I love the socks. There was nothing really to make me feel like, yo, outside of okay, p- picking them, people had them in power rankings prior to the season, top three or four. You know what I'm saying? But I, I we're all closer to the team. We all know that's some luck if you're talking about making it to the World Series with a Kopech that's on a, a pitch count. You know what I'm saying? Counting, not to say that, you know, Dylan Cease has some terrific stuff, but counting on Cease not having the Cease innings that, you know, usually you would come around the third would be like, oh, here he goes, right? You know what I'm saying? Worrying about yeah. some of the lineups, even though he's a dog and we saw him go snap at Joe McEwen, McEwen today, worrying about if, if Lance Lynn's facing the team where the fastball is, they, 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 their chef's kiss. You know what I'm saying? Like just a lot of things that you were worried about last year they weren't answered, and the only answer we truly have we had was, "Well, we'll be healthier this year." Says who? You know, like that's the that like <laughs> says says who? That's the only thing that that really sticks out to me. Where we're like, "Yo, now we the, the issues that we had last year, we've solved them." And I mean, look, a lucky again. You know, we for the most part this year, the pitching has been good. I mean, we all know one thing. It, for when it came to five tool players, all we had was softball players here, or a guy that was like a defensive whiz but can't hit for jack. Right now, finally, we have players with tools, four tools, a five tool player here, here or two. Right, um, so we didn't have everyday players like that. But pitching, we've been good pitching for a long period of time here. Luckily, on the south side, that's something that from Don Cooper on and now that we've continually had. And just like last year, because I'll, you know what? I'll tell you this, to be honest with you, Vinny, the first half of last year to me in a way felt worse because I totally thought it was over. Like I totally thought it was like, what? Aloy went down. Damn, maybe wait, Lou Bob went down. Oh man, it's a wrap, right? Like I totally, it was totally like, and going into going off of finally getting back in the playoffs and losing to the A's, even though it was in a pandemic setting. Uh, But thinking like, all right, you know, and we got rid of Ricky, regardless of they brought in Tony and as a collective, we were all like, what? But Ricky was gone. Right. So it was like, man, this, this, hopefully this is better. And then I didn't know they were going to be able, of course the division was weaker than what it was this year. But I didn't know that they were going to be able to weather that storm in the way that they weathered the storm. So I would say, though, to still answer your question, this year is quickly becoming one of my least favorite years. Probably also the lockout year. And I mean, had to be is, is probably up there, really high up there, thinking about, you know, what I'm saying, you know, the, the Expos had had the team and the squad, but still we, we didn't get the chance to go. So this year's approaching Vinny uh, quickly. But I'll tell you this. Ask me again in October um, if this <laughs> yeah. year how I feel about this season. And this could be my my worst sock season of all time. That's totally fair. I completely agree. Those are definitely the top three. You could put them in any order. 2020 annoyed me too, only because I felt like they got 100 games robbed from them because of COVID. That that was annoying in its own different type of way, non-baseball stuff. But we got to end it on a positive note with you here. 
if they were to go on a run. Okay, let's say they go on a stretch where they win 10 to 15, get themselves back in the competition for the American League Central. I believe personally it would be because their pitching rotation really started to lock it in. You see five guys start going five innings or more every single game, quality start after quality start. Dylan Cease has struggled mostly against the good teams, but he's been absolutely dominant otherwise, as the numbers show. And then Michael Kopech has been dominant, of course, but injuries have always been an issue with him, at least to the start of his career. Giolito and Lynn, you know what you're going to get from them? Just solid, you know, upper tier level pitchers. I don't know if you call them elite, is, but some people do. There are certainly days where they're elite. And so you combine all that with a good number five in Cueto. That could be the thing that lifts them to the playoffs. Do you agree with this? Oh, listen, I know this is going to burn some people's ears, but it's still early. I mean, like, yeah, they, they, they thought this is baseball. You know, like all you have to do is lock in in late July for the most part and just stay locked and you could, you could, you can do it. But it's just, man, dude, they have too much talent for this, you know, but everything you say is right. I mean, you look at, look, when in 05, who would you say? Like, I think we have guys that we would say, like, okay, those are my favorites. I think uh, uh, Garcia coming over at times, he was looked at elite, you know what I'm saying, coming over. But who was really, they had just really good pitchers. And like, right when you're talking about Lynn and Giolito, these are guys like you, I'll give me, dog, yeah, I could take two aces. You give me four and a half really good guys. I may rock with that depending on the situation because I don't have to tax to have somebody coming back on short days of rest and worrying about yeah. the next series that that dude's not going to be able to ready to go or not. Yeah. Like, you know like four so, John Garlands, man. Four yeah. John Garlands. Hey, I'll take them all Garrett day. Cole has the worst, Garrett Cole has the worst DRA on the best team in the league. To Bam. I mean, so I'm, I'm with you. I, I definitely believe they still can do it. They, they definitely can. But the, I, my only problem is this, and it's they may lock in. What are they going to do when they get there? And as my heart, I, you, my heart wants to sing, man, they can get there and they can do whatever. But my mind tells me, like, I don't see the difference in this team from last year where I feel like if they get there, they can beat. I want to say three elite teams. Let's just say a, a really good team and two elite teams, you know what I'm saying, and in the ALCS and in the World Series. I don't, I don't feel that. You know, and I hope by the end of the year, I feel different. Just like I talked about in 05, how in 05, it seemed like the season was over. And then there's this big ball guy with this crazy arm. You know what I'm saying? It's just locking down the back end of the bullpen. I mean, and I'm not to say it, I don't know what's going to happen here. To who's going to be the big, bad Bobby Jinx as far as perhaps getting the hitting going. But still, there's a chance. And I hope that it happens because Sox fans deserve it. And I mean, it's nothing like baseball, man. Like that, it's just, it's nothing. Baseball, and I haven't all already locked in all because ba- baseball, and I said it, I'll leave with this baseball hurts too much. If you love it, I get some why some people don't love it, but I, I feel sorry for them. But if you love baseball and you love a team, I would, you know, I'll tell you this I would rather love baseball and not love a team, to be honest with you, because it's like, uh, it's like a, 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 a it's like a real relationship and she's 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 cheating right and it's like i, I i'm staying with her right like it's just fundamentally <laughs> this isn't sound right and that's that's what baseball that's what makes it so great and it's day after day and it's like either the relationship is going well and i'm like man she got her act together man we well, i'm talking about putting the ring on her or it's like i can't stand her ass and that's that's <laughs> what baseball basically is to me that's true 
Oh, I love it, Kenneth. Uh, uh, speaking of, of cheating on a team, uh, you usually talk about the Bears, and I'd be remiss if we let you go without asking your thoughts about the 2022 Chicago Bears. Rebuilding. I mean, it's a rebuild. <laughs> Hold, I'll, I'll get, this is what I want. I want at the end of the year to sit there and be like, man, that defense. Like, that's one thing I definitely want to be like, that defense is that defense is like 13th in the league. Next year, they could be as high as 7th or 8th. I want to think that Justin Fields, regardless of the lack of depth at wide receiver, is like, yeah, we got him. You know, like, I, I, we, I know we like him due to his pedigree, but I, I need to like him more because of what he's done in a Bears uniform. So I hope this year that he's he even regardless of the lack of help on the outside, hopefully the offensive line is stout enough to keep him upright one. But I, I hope I see that. And I hope it seems like we were run by um, professionals. You know what I'm saying? I, and they, the, 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 right now it's only question marks because it's cool to have question marks because we can lie to ourselves and be like, man, these guys may know what they're doing. I don't know if they know what they're going to do. And I won't know really until after this year and after next season will I have a better idea if Ryan Pose and Matt Eberflus are the two gentlemen to move this organization uh, to the next level. Awesome, Kenneth. Well, we appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you for giving us so much of your time today. No problem. Before we let you go, if you want to let everyone know, talk a little bit about the Under Center podcast, some of your shows, uh, let us know what you got going on. All right. You can find me, of course, on the Under Center podcast, NBC Sports Chicago's Chicago Bear dedicated show with uh, Alex Shapiro. Josh Schrock is our new uh, insider. Uh, also with, with my, 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 my man, uh, Eric Strobel and Tony Gills running a podcast. Also check out my show, that Davis show with, with me and my man, Ryan Bukovsky. Uh, follow me at that's Davis. I'm a very boring follow. Um, I don't live in these streets <laughs> like that. I, I just, it's just, I don't have time to bicker back and forth. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's not a passion of mine. And I feel like for me, I can convey more in this format than trying to fit what I want to say into those characters. Um, but still, that's where you can find me. You guys, anytime you need me, I'm here. It was nice to meet you, gentlemen. Continue the great work. And hopefully our team – listen, I look forward to us talking about meeting up in September because things are looking good and let's have a drink at the ballpark. I love it, man. That's That's what we all want. Let's do it. Let's take that positive vibe and let's ride it all the way to September. I'm with you, Kenneth. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Make sure you give Kenneth a follow. Check out his work. And, Kenneth, we will see you in September. <laughs> see you, gentlemen. You all have a good evening. Everybody at home, have a great evening, too, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, you as Kenneth. well. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Go Bears. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenneth Davis is an absolute great, great guest. Uh, we cannot thank him enough for his time. And uh, just dynamite guest. Speaking of a dynamite guest, uh, he's not a guest, but he is a full-time member of the show. Who's back, Stephen Zim Zimmerman? What do you think of Kenneth Davis? Oh, Kenneth is awesome, man. I've been listening to him for years, and having him on our show is a little surreal, a little jealous that I didn't get to join you guys. But very, very nice insight that he was able to provide. And uh, I mean. It's always nice to talk socks with somebody who's got a positive attitude in, in a season like this one. I like it, man. Let's let's hopefully we can meet up with him in September. That'd be fantastic. Uh, but good stuff, guys. Vinny, I mean, uh, so much fun. Uh, it's, it's great having a guest that brings that fire and energy. Um, and I kind of want to run through a wall right now. I don't know about you, Vin. Yeah, I mean, that was brilliant analysis. He 
sees it from a very interesting perspective. Um, I like bringing people who predominantly cover a different sport, but are just a straight up fan of a team to come in because he knows how to articulate his thoughts like a professional because he does it with football, but he brings it from more sure. of a fan perspective. And I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. I think it, uh, it definitely adds a nice, nice flip to it, but the uh, gentleman, now we can get into the main meat and bones of the show, but man, I love, I loved having Kenneth on. That was so much fun. Bit of a uh, last week to be was pretty brutal, and actually, we missed last week. I, I'm I was under the weather. I I was I, had, I got hit by the COVID bus real hard. Um, thank God, a week later I'm I'm back to normal, but uh, couldn't do the show last week. So, uh, but we're back big time, and it's nice to have everybody back. Feeling feeling good, um, but uh, the team's not feeling quite as good right now, guys. Uh, I'm not even watching the game. I heard Bennett Sousa came in and gave up some runs. Is that right, Zim? Yeah, three pitches and he gave up a run. Uh, I think he gave up another one here from what I'm looking at. Yep. They're, I think I think they're in a pitching change. I have no idea. Something's going on with my MLB TV. What's the but... score? What's the score right now? Oh, seven, it's seven to five. Seven to five. Yeah. Yeah, full comment. Are we gonna give up like corners? are we gonna give up Two like outs. eight runs every single game now, guys? Is that what's gonna happen? I mean, that's Probably. what it kind of looks like. Good thing this offense is designed to be able to score 10 runs when used properly, but, I mean, that's kind of <clears> part <throat> of the problem right now is that they, they, they're they not scoring, they're not playing defense well, they're not pitching well. Like, everything is just not working all at the same time. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Sorry, we got out of that. Yeah, all right, well, that's what I like to talk about. But uh, we didn't escape yesterday's game without injury, guys. And, of course, I'm talking about Michael Kopech. Uh, we'll see footage here in just a moment of uh, of his tweaked knee. Of course, you've seen the at-bat against Marcus Simeon. And, oh, actually, this is it was the next at-bat after this. My bad. But, uh, you know, Michael uh, came off that knee and, and, and was a little janky and – I think we were all scared across White Sox Twitter and White Sox fandom. No one expecting uh, Kopech to be hurt, even though you know we're kind of used to it at this point. Speaking of, how sweet of a grab was that by AJ Pollock? That was that was pretty sick. Yeah, I would have um, went. I think it would have went. I think it would have left the park. Yeah, it would have. He robbed it, and then there you can see Michael nursing that knee. Um, I don't know what I, I don't know what I thought it was an ankle at first, but I was kind of interested after the game how they said it was a knee. Uh, Vinny, first off, I know we've heard a little bit about how he might not miss a start at all, but I'm curious what you've heard about uh, Michael Kopech. Yeah, so not missing a start is an interesting way to put it. He's not going to go five days from now, but he will go Sunday. And he's got liquid in the knee. They're going to drain it. He heard a pop. That's obviously something to do with the liquid. I'm not a doctor. I just know he's going to pitch on Sunday as as of right now. And it was just so weird to me how it all went down because it did look like it was an ankle at first. And then as obviously the game progressed, you heard it was his knee. The x-rays were negative. There were no structural damage. He's going to be fine. Just needs to drain the knee. That happens to guys who play beer league hockey and they're right back out there the next week. Um, I'm, I think they finally caught a break. This team hasn't caught very many breaks with injuries. Now they've caught two because burgers fine. His x-rays are negative breaking news, but um, love it. The the Kopech thing, what's with the mound at Guaranteed Ray Field for Kopech? 
I mean, he hurt himself. It was a different part of his body, but he hurt himself the exact same way. It was the landing coming off of a pitch in on the same mound. And, you know, maybe it's just a freak accident that happened twice. Obviously, the one last year kept him out for about three weeks. This one's going to not keep him out at all. Um, yeah, he's not going to go because I think his projected start probably would have been Thursday or Friday had he not gotten hurt on Sunday. But he's going to be double fresh because he only threw 13 pitches. Um, Pollock robbed the home run from Semyon, and that was the first out, and then he got the second guy. And then he had the 3-2 count on the third guy and tweaked his knee. Reynaldo Lopez came in, got the third strike on the – I think it was the first pitch, and they were out of the inning. Obviously, they lost the game because late in the game – Nobody decided to let anyone know that the best relievers were injured, but that's not, you know, anything to do with Kopech. But huh. I'm glad he's okay. Um, that's a very important piece to this team, in my opinion. He's got the best stuff in the organization. Um, whether he's able to put it to use in a long term, like a Lance Lynn, like a Lucas Giolito, like a Dylan Cease, is remaining to be seen. But as of right now, the signs are looking good for Mr. Kopech. Moist Michael, as we like to call him on this show. Moist Michael, that's right. And, uh, well, it seems like we didn't dodge a bullet with our catcher. Uh, Yasmani Grandal put on the 10-day IL today with what I did not expect to be back spasms. Uh, Vinny, I, I, when I was watching him, I, I did not expect it to be a back spasm. I, I know Grandal has fought with back spasms along his career. Uh, are you concerned about this? No, because initial reports were a hamstring, and it looked that's, like a that's hamstring. That's what I thought. And it looked like a hamstring on the play. If it's back spasms, hit the 10-day Dell. Let Reese McGuire and Sebi Zavala take over for the next couple days. He was just starting to swing the bat well. So I think that's an important thing to remember. If he was struggling still going into this injury, I think maybe you probably put him on the 15-day DL and worry a little bit more. But the fact that he was starting to like really get going, to me, it's like, yeah, of course we can't have nice things, right? When Yasmani Grandal starting to hit, he gets hurt. But... As of right now, I'm I'm not too concerned. This happened last year. He was one of the best. He was the best hitter on the team last year, and he hasn't been top six good this year. Not even top nine, really. And hoping he's able to come back feeling the way he was when he left. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's been a rough week in general for Sox fans. We'll talk a little bit more about it later in the show. Um, but I wanted to bring up and I don't usually report on this kind of stuff, but it's been all over White Sox Twitter today, and I feel like it needs to be addressed because there's no credible sources. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Vinny, I know, probably has. Have you guys heard about the Tim Anderson story that's going across White Sox Twitter today about um, apparently how he has a baby with another woman and cheated on his wife? Again, this is all hearsay. The source is just some random person's Instagram story. Um, I don't usually comment on this, but it's been so rampant. I feel like we have to address it. Uh, Zim or Gonzo, have you guys heard anything about this today? This is the first time hearing of it, and it sounds like that Roquan Smith story that came out a few weeks ago that also gained no traction and was all speculation and showed that apparently there was no reason to give it any credence because it – has gained no legal traction either. Um, I don't know what it is with uh, people wanting to go after Chicago players right now. Um, I'm sure it's happening in more markets than just one, but it's just, I don't know. It's the, it's the yeah. social media bug taking hold, you know? 
Yeah. Yep. Um, but just gotta, you know, point out the fact that uh, I, I did find the person's Instagram. I did watch the story. It just seems completely out of place and random. So uh, I just wanted to bring that up. I also want to point out for all the people across White Sox Twitter that are saying, "Oh, Tim Tim Anderson should be should be uh, uh, suspended for for two or three weeks by the MLB." He has done nothing illegal. It's a third level blog that reported this. And uh, I think we got to keep <laughs> calm down a little bit before we go crazy. Vinny, I got to throw it to you to get your thoughts because your eyeballs say it all. I mean, I just want to know what's in the moonlight or the water in the United States of America right now. Last night at like one in the morning, a video surfaced of Connor McDavid. Those of you who don't know, Connor McDavid is the very best player in the NHL. He might be the greatest player who ever lived. And a video was surfacing of him walking around holding a girl's hand and it wasn't his girlfriend. And then there was Sammy Blay of the New York Rangers commented on his sister's picture calling her like super sexy or something. And people are talking about that. I'm just wanting to know what is going on with these Twitter people trying to like destroy athletes. I mean, if this stuff is true, that's one thing. But like before we speak about Tim Anderson, who by all accounts is the best player on our favorite team let's wait for the facts to come out. Your your mother points out that you have no poker face just like her. I just want to say that out loud because I, I get great humor out of it because it's so true. I, I love it. I love when I, I know I can toss it to you when your eyes are going to like bug out of your head. It gets me so excited. So anyway, I just had to say I've that. Been told, uh, I've been told steam comes out of my head when I get mad too. It's I believe it. <laughs> I really do. Uh, Gonzo, before we move on from this hearsay, I just got to get your thoughts on this TA uh, Twitter drama slash social media drama. Yeah, I've been silent for most of this, but yeah, I usually don't talk unless there's been actually some valid stories out there, or things that have actually happened, and there's some facts about it. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that on Timmy. Um, I did want to add on to um, Vinny's uh perspective on the Keiko situation because when he fell off that bump the first time I was just wondering to myself this is top of the first the opposing pitcher has not even touched that hill yet um what is going on with the sad father this is a home game like he should know better with the pitching staff with how many years he's been here and guys have preferences out there on the mound like even in high school for our home baseball field, we were the ones taking care of that of the mound. And as a pitcher, all of us were out there doing our own thing, and we knew exactly how to work that mound when, when, we, when we ourselves are out there because you can't say pause during a game to have, you know, someone come and do mound work out there. You have to do it in between the half innings, but pitchers, you can go out there and play with it. And if you know the clay and know how to work it, you know how to fix it and get to – fixing the landing spot of yours and um it's just frustrating that if this is an ongoing issue that it's caused this to happen to Kopech and um yeah it just it's just baffling to me and then to see him get injured I you, you know it's an for me at least I being a pitcher I knew it was a knee not an ankle just because of the torque and the landing the planting is going to be a knee in that situation um but I'm just glad that everything was negative and it wasn't as bad as it could have been and the fact that we can get them game three versus the Astros in Houston is fantastic yeah I think we 
well, I don't want to count our eggs too much before they're hatched, but hopefully, fingers crossed, all goes good. Because as Vinny pointed out, we can't have nice things, but hopefully <laughs> we can this time around. Um, but let's dive into the meat and bones of the show. We'll we'll talk all this other crazy drama and uh, terrible antics and decision-making in what will likely be today's most fired-up segment because everyone's going to try to rip each other's throats out. Well, at least a few of these guys will. In a segment we like to call LaRusa's Locker. So this is the portion of the show where we critique Tony LaRusa or we praise him. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of praising going on today, but I'll, I'll leave that for Gonzo. As you guys all know, Vinny and myself are pretty aligned on the fact that we uh, are pretty much over the Tony LaRusso experiment. Uh, I'll, I'll let Vinny and, and Gonzo put the, the gloves together uh, in just a second. Uh, we haven't heard from Zim in a while, so I want to touch to him briefly uh, to get his thoughts on TLR and whether uh, he sh- we should hashtag change the manager or not. Uh, Steven Zim Zimmerman. Before we let Vinny and Gonzo fight to the death, what do you have to say? Yeah, just if this is the way you want to run the team, why did you get rid of Robin Ventura? I just, I don't get it. It's just silly. Um, it seems like we're we're handing out favors to guys that we feel that we slighted 40 years ago instead of doing what's best for our baseball team. Um, it was cool when it started. It worked for a little while. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to deny it. it worked last year. It gave them a little bit of a spark that they needed. It gave these young guys some leadership. It helped point them in the right direction. Um, but at this point, it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. Um, it, it might not even be a Tony thing. It's probably not a Tony thing. But at the end of the day, like when you have an issue like this where – you're having constant inconsistency when you're having uh, constant letdown. You have to change something, and changing the manager is faster, easier, and historically more effective than overhauling an entire roster. Uh, and short of blowing it up and restarting, I don't know what else you do in this situation. Because it's just, it's not working. It's not working the way it was supposed to be working. It feels like the 2021 Chicago Bears season where you're like, they have the pieces. What is happening here? Like, what is, why are they not putting these pieces together? We were sold on the coach. We were sold on the quarterback. We were sold on the defense. And it just didn't come together, right? It feels to me, you know, from a more casual perspective that, that that's what's happening here. We've been sold on our manager. We've been sold on our bullpen. We've been sold on the defense is adequate and yet none of it is paying off and the team is losing because of it. It's not like they're losing. And these things are also noticeable. Like Tony LaRusa has actively cost them a game in the last week. The defense has actively cost them multiple games in the last week. The bullpen has cost them games from the beginning of the year to now. Like I'm, I'm tired of being a Chicago as, as a Chicago sports fan, I'm tired of being sold to like my teams. 
I want a good product on the field to speak for itself. So that's kind of where I'm at with all of it. I, I don't really care what team I'm watching at this point. I just want them to win. And I'm kind of tired of hearing a bunch of jaws flapping instead of watching my teams win. I like it. I like it, Zim. I like the analysis. Thank you, sir. Now we can toss it over to uh, I, hey, analysis. Analysis is a strong word. I don't know if that's what I would call what I just said, but <laughs> it was the something. Breakdown, that's whatever. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. Whatever it is, I, we appreciate it, Zim. Um, Vinny, I think I want to let Gonzo go first because I want to see how you bounce off of him. So, Gonzo, go ahead. The floor is yours. Um. So. I'll just start off by saying this. If it was a coaching issue, if I thought that he was the main issue for this roster, for this organization, for this team, I'd be the first one to call it out. And I would have called it out more than a month ago. Um, For example, Matt Nagy, I wanted that guy gone in 2019. And at that point in time, there's little people that wanted that. Look how that turned out to be. Um, but to go with the actual with this season, all right. So when you have an offense that is bottom of the barrel across the league and a defense that is bottom of the barrel, your pitching staff can only do so much. And they've done as much as keep them at five, near 500, which is actually kind of surprising when you think about it. Um, and now they're wearing thin, and that's – probably because half of your bullpen is gone. And for the most part, basically almost your half your rotation too. Because Keuchel, what Han expected from him, with the contract he gave him, didn't expect him to DFA him. Not even before the trade, like before the trade deadline. Like two months into the season. It's terrible. And then we missed... Still not on a team, by the way. Still not on a team. Still on the team. And Lance Lynn. He's in AAA. Yeah, I forgot who signed him too. But I stand I stand corrected. The Arizona Diamondbacks. That's right. Diamondbacks. <laughs> um Wow, that's a that's a contender. So yeah, and we just got Lance Lynn back finally. Another key arm. Now the difference between this year and last year is that pitching staff has been healthier. And the diamonds of last year is what got them to where they were at this point of the season last year. And Tony can bank off of that pitching staff from last year. This year, again, with what I just said, half your bullpen being gone, half almost half your rotation as well to go along with the offense and the defense being bottom of the barrel. Tony's had to face a lot. Um, and he's getting a lot of criticism, and that's what happens when, with all the expectations you have of this team, and you overlook almost every part of these assets I can continue to bring up, but Tony's going to be the scapegoat. And what I can respect out of him, how I feel like for Hall of Fame managers, like they know how to handle these situations and not put their players under the bus, even though there should be player accountability, clearly he continues to take it on the chin, which I, I give him the utmost respect for that. But uh, yeah, if anything, my true, Kind of, if you want to say, issue with this roster is the GM, Rick Hahn. And I know that 
kind of Davis was bringing up the past of our franchise with 05. At least look yeah. at what Ken, at least look at what Kenny Williams did with the budget that Jerry gave him. Granted, you can say he should have done more, but at least he won us a championship with that budget. Granted, you probably want to start at the top. Start with Jerry, by all means. Jim or Zim, not Jim. Sorry, Zim brought up um, the pain of Chicago sports, and that's because for the most part, your ownership doesn't. They're all fans. They don't have the minds of their sports, respectively. McCaskies, Reinsdorf. You can go on. Um, yeah, it starts with them. It starts with the mind that he wants to r- run this organization with Han and his vision. <laughs> he paid Grandal the biggest contract and Keiko following him. Maybe I think Abreu was close with Keiko with the contract, but still, your two best parts of your rebuild, like what the Cubs did with Hayward and Lester. Look at how, you know, well, Hayward, yeah, you can have an argument with him, but Lester, at least look at what Lester did with Hayward. That. He wasn't as bad as people want to think that he was, you know, that like, but again, I totally get win. what you're saying though. Why are you handing out massive contracts to guys who are over 30 years old and expecting to build your roster around them? Yeah. And again, at least yeah. with Hayward, he gives you the glove defense and pitching wins. All right. You didn't get the bat from him, but with, this situation, you're not getting the bat or the defense from Grendel, and Keuchel is gone. Biggest part of your rotation at the time when you signed him. Okay. And the leadership okay. he had. But anyways, going back to this vision, yes. What do you do over the offseason to make this team better? I mean, add a Kendall Graven and Joe Kelly, and Joe Kelly's pitched like right. two innings. He had some depth. But this bullpen was pretty top notch as it was. Like they need more than just pitching rotation depth. Well, and if you're gonna add guy, depth, Sousa came in and ruined things today already. Yeah, and if you want depth, if you want to add depth in your in your bullpen, focus on the left your left handed pitchers. Because as soon as crochet is gone, what did Bummer prove to you for to rely on other than you know, a year? Oh, Bummers looked really good recently, and he had a he was pretty good for most of. With his statistics, you want a better arm to rely on in the beginning of the season than Bummer, because statistically, over the past of him, he's dead cold to begin the season. They were they weren't relying on him at the start of the season, in my opinion. I don't think they were relying on him. But you from a left-handed pitcher with the matchups, you have to because Crochet is he was gone for the season. Got it. So you All right. Well, we know where you we know where you land. Sure. Let's we know we know where you stand here. So we I want to toss it over to Vinny because I I don't want to keep this segment going because uh, we know we can go all night on Tony. But uh, I want to give I want to give Vinny the floor here. In his tenure with the Chicago White Sox as the GM, Rick Hahn started a rebuild, and it sucked. Draft or he traded Chris Sale. Mancata sucks right now, but for the he's largely been okay to good, but they got Kopech, who's an all-world pitcher. Giolito went for Reynaldo, or Eaton went for Reynaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito, and Dane Dunning. Reynaldo Lopez is a really good middle reliever, spot starter. Giolito's an ace-level pitcher most of the time. He traded Dane Dunning for Lance Lynn. Lance Top Lynn. three side. Fast forward to the summer, 
traded Jose Quintana to the Cubs. You got Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. Jimenez is often injured, but he has 50 home runs in 170 games or whatever. Pretty dang good. Cease has ace potential. Needs to start playing well against top teams. You signed Luis Robert. Signed Jose Abreu way before that. You drafted Nick Madrigal. Garrett Crochet. Who am I missing? Jake Berger. And we don't know about Colson Montgomery yet. Oh, and Andrew Vaughn. Um, those are pretty good draft picks. I probably would take back the Madrigal one. There were players that went after him that were better, but I really like Andrew Vaughn. Crochet is going to come back from Tommy John and be that naughty boy that, you know, I believe he can be. He, he foobarred the Fernando Tatis Jr. trade. There's no doubt about it. Um, I would say he foobarred the Craig Kimbrell trade, but it was the smart play at the time. Because if Kimbrel would have lived up to his expectations, his 0.5 ERA that he had with the Cubs, it would have been a Super Bowl pen. After all this stuff, whether you like the rebuild or not, the last thing Rick Hahn should have been able to do to put the cherry on his masterpiece ice cream that he made should have been to handpick his manager. If it was Rick Hahn's decision to hire Tony LaRussa and he was this bad, I'd be crucifying Rick Hahn. But it is it was not his idea to hire Tony LaRussa. It was 100% Jerry Reinsdorf making up for Hawk Harrelson firing him 40 years ago. Which uh, Buster Olney all but confirmed on Sunday uh, Sunday Night Baseball this week. Yeah. And um, what's his name? USA Today. Bob Nightingale. He tweeted that right when the White Sox made the, the signing of Tony LaRussa. And I reached out to my friend Robert Murray to ask him, and he told me anything Bob Nightingale tells you about the MLB can be questionable unless it's the White Sox. Because Jerry Reinsdorf feeds stuff to USA Today like nobody's business. So if Bob Nightingale says something about the White Sox, it's true for the most part. Don't listen to Hector Gomez, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the Tony hate for me. It's all backed by decisions of his that I disagree with. And it's not like it's just one, you know, he, he made a good point the other day in the press conference that that's the beauty of baseball. You know, we can all disagree on how to be good, but at the end of the day, we all want to be good, right? But when you follow leading off with Luyuri Garcia, and then in that game, Luyuri Garcia comes up to bat with a running run available on the base paths, and he puts up a non-competitive at-bat in the leadoff spot. And then you follow that up the next day with walking Trey Turner with two strikes to get to Max Muncy, who has been a prolific home run hitter. I don't care what the numbers are. He has been a prolific home run hitter since playing in the MLB. He hits a three-run bomb, and then you end up losing by two. So that's not and the reason why they, they lost that game. It's absolutely the reason they lost that game. No, it's but not. They, Your uh, six yeah, unearned uh, errors trumps that every day. You can still give up the three-run bomb and still win by one there. Okay. And you I sparked that, that lineup with the six unearned runs that gave them momentum in the lead. That's fine, but they were unable to come back because of that horrible decision. They fi He fired up the Dodgers by making that move. You saw it visibly with the way that the Dodgers they, played that game. And Max Muncy's coming back at the, the White inning, Sox dugout. Yeah, but Vinny, the inning before – they already took the lead on the momentum before that right. that bomb. That's fine. I don't agree. He okay. <laughs> they lost that game. 
He, they it's lost baseball. that game. What? So it's baseball at that point. Yeah, I mean that they're on yeah. Homer is doesn't matter at that point. Well, they lost by two. I was, was gonna say when you lose a game like by two runs run. and there was a three run home run hit, like it's the errors I'm not even trying to split the errors on the defense were a result of baseball. The three run home run was a result of bad decisions. So two things yeah, can when be true. Do the White Sox win that game if they make runs. less errors? The White Sox may make less errors, they probably win that game. Tony LaRusso doesn't make that mistake, they also probably win that game. Two things can be true. And I also believe a lot of the errors that the White Sox make are a result of being put in bad positions. You got corner infielders playing the outfield. There's the way this team is ran, the way this team is coached, they're running into each other all over the place on the field. It's just the entire thing is awful. I, I don't think Tony LaRusa gives them a chance to win at any single point, really. I mean, all the decisions he makes are pretty awful. The only thing I give him a slight pass on, I criticized his bullpen management. Apparently Hendricks and Bummer were injured, but why were they on the roster? That's on LaRusa, Rickon, Kenny Williams. That's on everyone. But just the in-game strategy of this team – Poor, poorly ran. Do we know Vinny what's going on with Hendricks? Because I have not heard a thing. He's he has shoulder soreness, I think is what I heard. And he was working it out today. I, I can confirm that really quickly though. I just don't know why he's not on the IL. That 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 to me goes that's everyone's fault. Because the thing is, Rick Hahn doesn't have as much of an influence on this as people think. It's Jerry Reinsdorf and then Rick Hahn. And that's why Tony LaRusso is the manager. And I think Allowing. we can all agree that I think we can all agree that there's that to, uh, that that Jerry Reinsdorf can't step aside soon enough uh, with this White Sox team. I think even his son would do a better job. Um, but right, I, I mean, obviously, I don't have any ill will against Jerry. Um, but you know, I think we would all agree. I want to add to this with the defense part of it as much as we can blame. Tony on that, but even at the same time, Han constructed this roster where it's not positioned for defense. That's not yeah. his vision. No, so Han has historically he, a built offense heavy rosters yeah. for the White Sox. Yeah. So that's on Han, not Tony. Well, t- Tony My also doesn't of it. The, the preparation's not there for this team, which is on the manager. Um the credibility is not there, which is on the manager. They also no, made Rick one Hahn... error. They made one error. I just looked it up. They made one error in the game where he walked Turner. All I know is that in that ser- in that week, they made three errors and eight unearned runs. With those two mm-hmm. 11 to nine losses, those two 11 to nine losses, they made three errors with those two games, and it costed eight unearned runs. You're not going to win games. If you can't win it defensively with your pitching too, again, like I'm, gosh, it's frustrates me because I, I love. I was talking to Joe about this. I love, love the bat of Berger, but his defense is hurting it more than his bat right now, and it's frustrating. So some of those, some of those errors the yeah. other day. I mean, Trey Turner's fast. <laughs> um. He the two errors in it. the Ranger game, though, the two errors in the Ranger game were picking off to first third. base. It was picking off to first base and then Andrew Vaughn making a bad throw into the infield. 
plus wasn't the the ball popped right out of the mitt of AJ Pollock. They for some reason they didn't call that one in air. Yeah, but it still goes back to defensive. But I I I want to talk go back to Jake Berger. Jake, Jake's still transitioning in this league. I think you got to give him a chance. I mean, is he a natural third baseman? That's what he plays. Yeah, but you know he still needs time there. Um, but some of those errors, I mean, Jake had to react quick. He had Trey Turner. He, the the one ball he bobbled was bad, sure. But you know, Jake Jake Berger's not killing this team defensively, and, I, and he didn't cover third in the one play when he should have been there. Uh, that was a bad play, and I think Jake owned up to that. But uh, at the end of the day, Jake Berger's not killing this team defensively. Jake Berger's play reminds me a lot of when Tim Anderson first came up, honestly, where he's hitting it real well. His defense is kind of shaky, but he's he's just got that it factor that, you know, you just like him. <laughs> so that that's that's my two cents on on that little subject. At, at the end of the day, though, I think ultimately this team just needs a little more accountability. And it's something that Tony did a really good job of holding them to last year. There's, he really held these guys accountable for their mistakes and, and for fixing what they needed to fix on a day-to-day basis. And for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like that's there this year. And I don't know I agree, if that's Jim. because I agree. I, I don't know if that's because like guys are, you, there's so much roster turnover with the injuries and stuff that like he shoot. I don't even know who's on the team from day to day. Sometimes I can understand why an 80 year old man would have trouble keeping up with that. And, yeah, yeah, that's a dig and it's just an easy one to make. But at the end of the day, all I'm trying to say is when you have a lot of roster turnover like this, like I get it. It can be hard to manage the guys from day to day. Um, but that's exactly what his job is to do is to manage these guys from day to day. Um, and at the highest level. And if he's not getting it done, uh, you have to move on. And I'm not saying that I am for or against getting rid of Tony LaRusa and moving on. I'm, I'm not paying that close of attention right now. If I'm being totally honest, I've got a lot of other things going on in my life. All I know is that the Phillies fired their manager and they started winning a lot of games. I know that the angels fired their manager and they're doing okay. I mean, they're not in a 14-game losing streak anymore. Um, granted, that just kind of had to end sooner or later. Um, yeah. But I also know that both of those managers that got fired were old-school type managers. And it just yeah. kind of seems like that's not working in today's league. Um, it's not to say it can't work. It's just to say that right now, at this exact moment in time, it doesn't seem like it is. So is it worth moving on from? Maybe, but it could end up blowing up in our faces and making this season even worse than it is right now. So it's a delicate, uh, it's a delicate line to walk. And sooner or later, somebody's going to have to make a decision one way or the other. And we're all going to have to just deal with it. That's yeah. Right. Just, Speaking. I was just going to say, I'll end it by saying that I just think he's weathering the storm of everything going on, the, the schedule starting to lighten up here. Guys are hopefully coming back soon here. I just think that's what you have to do is just weather the storm because, I mean, granted, like I said, I wanted, I think we talked about this in the past, I was hoping that they would go after Sandy Alomar Jr. or Smoltz or talk interview Brzezinski, and I think if you had any of those guys here coaching, we'd be seeing the same exact thing based on what we're seeing off of this roster. 
Yeah, I, I I think that's fair, but I think that you also give some of those guys a little more slack than a guy who's got, you know, 35 years experience and is in the Hall of Fame. You know, I I do think that's definitely a factor in all of this is we expect more from Tony. Yes. Yeah, we expect right, more, Jim, but like so- like Vinny, like Vinny, um, like you admitted, like you and I, we all wanted it too with Bummer wanting him in that um, game when we didn't see Graveman or Hendricks, but then we learned after the game. Well, Tony said, you know, in the pregame that they're going to have a shortage going into this game, but wouldn't say names. And it turns out after the game, he sh- he said who who pitch was available. So we don't even know the intricacies of this roster, the inside of it. So we don't know exactly what is who's available, what's going on, but. It just sucks because it's a lot that is on his platter. And he's, it just seems like he's doing the best with what he has. So he's got to weather the storm, guys. Long season. Awesome. Ahead of us and, 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 and Zim gave me the bomb. perfect segue. Zim, Zim gave me the perfect segue like five minutes ago. So speaking of moving on and guys not living up to their expectations, let's go into this week's Adam Dud of the Week. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid, lousy, no excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Yeah, there were some pretty awful performances the past week. Um, you could you could name a few. Uh, we have a, I have quite a few nominees, but uh, I'll let you guys get started with it. Uh, Zim, you've been uh, absent for a hot minute, so I'll let Bennett you go Sousa first. Bennett Souza sucks. <laughs> well, it didn't take Bennett- long. Bennett Souza has just been so bad lately. I mean, and overused. I get that. I think that's part of his problem is just like he's get, he's not being put in there uh, in situations that he typically succeeds in. You know, we, we saw him earlier in the year, like really shutting it down and getting a few holds here and there and doing what he needed to do. And now he's being put into these high leverage situations and used on almost a daily basis. It feels like, and you know, like we were talking about before we're using who we got out of the bullpen, but yeah, it, it, it sucks seeing him out there so much. Cause he's clearly not feeling it right now. And you want to give the guy a minute to just like breathe, but you can't. So I don't mean to dog on the guy because uh, he is doing what he can do with the ability that he has. But some guys just can only go every two to three days. And and uh, when they're used more frequently, we're seeing the results. Yeah, rough week for Bennett Souza and it continued today as well. And uh, I know it only read- says two innings pitch there, but there were several partial innings that got pushed together there yeah he would come in get one out and give up three runs and it counts as 0.1 innings exactly i'm sorry i I cut you off joe Vinny, who is your adam dud of the week to pick from the smorgasbord and plethora of players yeah i'm gonna go with yoan mancada he sucks i think i'm ready to say that he's just bad I, i mean maybe maybe the oblique is getting to him and He's not fully recovered, and one day we'll see the Mancada that we once knew, who happens to be up. Make me pay, Yoan. Make me pay right now. Um, I mean, what's the statistics? I got him right here. 118 batting average, two for 17, five strikeouts, zero RBIs, one run, two walks. I mean, that's another thing I get on the coaching staff for. Uninspired, doesn't look like he wants to be there. 
it's a lot more than just baseball too. I mean, he's just not enjoying himself. He doesn't look like he, I mean, he's at the plate right now. He looks miserable. I mean, it's raining. I'd be kind of miserable too, but I'm just not liking what I'm seeing right now from Yohan Moncada. He would be my everyday third baseman no matter what, though, because there are some positions that – and that's why I do shit on the Hayward trade or the Hayward signing for the Cubs because his bat was pretty good. But there are some positions where you don't really sacrifice offense as much for defense, and right field is one of them. And the Cubs sacrificed a lot of offense from right field to get gold glove performances from Hayward. That's why you see bad outfielders like Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets man right field a fair amount this season. And But Moncada at third base is second to none. He probably would have made that play had Bennett Souza not gotten in his way earlier. I think it was an inning or two ago now. But I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him. I hope the oblique is okay. But at the same time, like if it's okay, then we really got problems. Yeah, I wonder if we'll he, see a phantom DL stint. Sorry, Zim. Like, what were you gonna What you got, Gonzo? Yeah, well, f- to go back off any here. Yeah, Makara is my pick as well. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say he doesn't suck. But at the same time, my point here is a week and a half ago, Chuck on his podcast talked to Mankata and he reported he put out there that Mankata is 100, which is pretty clear with his swing doesn't have the legs underneath him. Even you can see it when he's running, he's like jogging. I don't know how he's not in a DL. And it's just frustrating because you see that you're not getting much out of him. So why just you're hurting the team? Point it makes player. me wonder if we'll see like uh, a Grandall type uh, comeback from him, you know, mid season or so, like how Grandall was never on the DL, IL, whatever, with those knee issues he had last year. But you saw about, end of july early august all of a sudden he flipped a switch because he was healthy well, it's, again. it's right when he came back from the surgery what was the out three weeks Vinny? four weeks last year something like that uh, three i weeks? think it was a little more than that i think it was like yeah. six weeks i tell you though mancada to me like i was thinking about this the other day he doesn't seem like he's been the same dude since he got COVID all the way back in 2020 like yeah, no, before that 2020 season that trajectory was still on such a nice angle for him you know, I'm, I'm talking career tra- trajectory, not yeah. like launch angle or anything. <laughs> he but, was a top five third baseman in the American yeah. League in 2019. He had MVP votes. I think he came, you could, you could literally, he came in 21st place. I don't know why I remember that, but like he got enough yeah. votes to be like in the top whatever votes, and he was 21st place in MVP. It wasn't insane to say Nolan Arenado and Yoan Moncada in the same breath. And now it's like, why would you even mention those guys together? And to me, like I said, it all goes back to to when he got COVID right before that 2020 season. And then he came back and you could tell he didn't really have it after that. And then we had all that hype for him last year. And he kind of he was just mediocre all year long. Everybody's like, well, he's still getting healthy, you know, and it's like, shouldn't he have been? And now this year, like, it's the same thing. We're like, well, he's not 100 percent. It's like. When is he going to be 100%? It's been three years of this now. Yeah. And the only thing that pisses me off about what people say about him is when they say that he's soft. Because since 2018, he's second on the team in games played to Abreu. Since 2019, he's second on the team in games played to Abreu. Since 2020, he's second on the team in games played since Abreu. And I'm not going to keep saying it. Same thing for 21 and 22 as well. It was Tim Anderson since the start of 2021. But Moncada has recently passed him in the last week. Yeah, I don't want to give. Him, I don't want to give him an excuse. But it's just my belief is that I mean, with everyone acting differently to COVID on their body, but at the same time, 
you know, the MLB has been rushing these guys their spring training. And he's such a young player that I don't think he knows yet how he conditions his body in the offseason to be ready for a full season with how young he is in his career coming back from COVID. I mean, it just sucks because you, you expect to make that progression, but I I can kind of see how why he's – Yeah, we'll see. His progression has taken a fall. He has two options. Of- I learned that yesterday. He has two options left. He could go play in the minors for two weeks if they wanted to, but – what does that do to his confidence? Yeah, probably nothing good. Um, speaking of confidence, I'm going to go with uh, my pick for Adam Dutt of the week. I'm going to go with Luis Robert. This guy looks lost at the plate. Four for 26, 154, four runs scored, one RBI, four Ks. He had four stolen bags, and that's the reason for um, at least one of those runs that he scored. But have you watched any of his at-bats lately, guys? This guy looks like – he he can't hit anything in the dirt. He, he there was in a bat earlier in the game today where he was facing a guy that that was throwing that, that threw a slider and he swung like eight miles. The guy doesn't even have a slider in his repertoire. He didn't even throw a slider the entire at bat after that. But Luis Robert looks absolutely lost. The kid, I don't know what his deal is. I don't know if he's not watching tape or if he just cannot lay off some of this stuff. But the league is figuring it out. And when he makes contact, the kid is a monster. Um, but right now, he's – what's that? I'm looking at his stats, okay? Low batting average, right? But when he gets on, he's got four runs scored, four stolen bases. He has an RBI tonight, even though he's looked lost at every other plate appearance besides that one. It's like when he needs to do something, he can and he will. And once he's on base, he knows how to get his way around. There was that game, I think it was a couple nights ago – he walks and then he steals second. And then when he steals third, the ball gets passed, he scores. Yeah. And that ends up yep. being a go ahead and, run. And and I love that. And it's amazing. But then you have a game like yesterday where he tries to to, to get to third base and on a play he had no reason to try to even take third base. And he loses us the game and takes a, a chance to win it off the board. Luis Robert is infuriating because he could be the best player in baseball. Um, but he's undisciplined at times he has no arm in the outfield it's not he i don't want a lot correction he's got an arm but he doesn't know how to use it and third he chases everything in the dirt he has no plate discipline you, you know what it I kind of love, feels like i love Luis robert but he drives me insane and what does it feel like zim sorry it, no i'm sorry to cut you off i it it feels like he needs better coaching. I mean, yeah, if a guy yeah. is at this, I mean, that's that's the easiest thing. I, you know, I'm working with little leaguers right now, and I know this is far and away, you know, world's different. I'm not by any means trying to say that I know anything about this, but what I am going to say is if you pound it into these kids' heads long enough, eventually it becomes second nature. And so what it sounds like is happening here is like, he's thinking while he's playing. If he's, if, if Luis Robert is not throwing the ball the way that he should, if he's running to bases that he's got no business running to, if he's chasing pitches that he's the entire league has known for three seasons that he can't hit and will continue to chase. He's, 
Mitchell Trubisky in a White Sox uniform. Oh <laughs> no, man. that's not fair. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not taking that one. That's not fair to say, but what I am saying is it's so much potential that feels like there's no coaching happening with it. It feels like they're just throwing them out there and saying, you're so talented, you should be able to do this. And it's like, take the time, teach him, pound it into his head, keep doing it over and over and over again, and he won't make these mistakes. And again, this is me totally jumping off a limb here and saying just what it sounds like, in my opinion, um, which is worth as much as Joe Schmo on the street over there, but you know, Vinny, you, were gonna say you see trends. Yeah, the say... only coach on the White Sox that doesn't stink is Ethan Katz, and he can't help Luis Robert hit. I was gonna say it's also a scouting organizational problem because you, you saw these fundamentals from him way back from when he got here. Correct. That's it. Everyone his his, that his batting followed him all the way through. Yeah. His batting tendencies had... are exactly what they were his rookie season. That's what's frustrating to me with it, seeing when... what I've seen the last week or so. And when we've had Phil Selig on the show, he talked about this stuff when he was in Cuba. I mean, this is not like it's it's not like it's a surprise. Yeah, we don't have good organizational just even through the ranks of organization, just developing position players. We can develop our pitching staff the Sox really have well. never developed pitcher uh, uh position players excuse me uh, but mm-hmm. i mean historically going back to the 1910s <laughs> and just makes me when want to they, throw up when you look at organizations like st louis when they fire tony la Russa, frank menachino McEwing, all of them luis robert will be They're a gone. Five player in the league but you got these coaches were given to tony besides what miguel cairo yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'm he, not blaming him for the coaching staff. But I'm yeah, not saying you guys are, but I see that I see that on Twitter. White Sox a lot Twitter, of people like, do because they they think, oh, new manager, he picked his coaching staff, and that's not at all. People don't no. realize that Tony was the last piece put in place on this roster. Yeah, Ethan that's Kapp part of the frustration with him. To take it back to the Tony conversation for just a quick second, that's part of the frustration with him is that this team was built and then a manager was just slapped on top like that exactly. was going to just make everything work. And and that's why it feels like square peg round hole is because he wasn't handpicked for this job. And again, it's, it's a totally irrelevant point that doesn't matter in but, this conversation about Luis Robert. It's just yeah. that's where some of the frustration comes from. Yeah, and just to go off of that, like if you're going to give Tony the job, let him p- pick his staff with him. And because I mean, it's known that Jerry can't fire, he's got too much loyalty, which I mean, it's good to have loyalty, but at the same time, you can't have too much loyalty and not be able to get rid of the bad apples and build your organization. Yeah, loyalty is Jerry's loyalty is why we didn't get three more seasons of Michael Jordan. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, well, we talked about we talked about some players that didn't have great weeks, guys. But let's talk about a few that did in this week's "Put It on the Board" segment. He looks up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yeah, there, there was a handful of guys that had good weeks. I mean, though the team wasn't great, but. Uh, Vinny, I'll let you start off this round. Uh, who's who's somebody that uh, put it on the board for you this week? 
I really like Jake Berger as a designated hitter. Um, I would not play him at third base a single game the rest of the season. I think Yohan Moncada needs to just sit there and do it, and he'll start hitting eventually. I do believe he'll start hitting eventually. When you watch him hit, he's got all the tools, right? Like He doesn't look overmatched like a Josh Harrison or a Leary Garcia. I say the same thing about Yasmani Grandal. He doesn't look overmatched even though the results aren't there. You know what I'm saying? He looks like a big league hitter when he's hitting. And so I would let him play third base and figure it out offensively. Jake Berger, he'd be my designated hitter going forward. Um, I, like 10 for 24, 417 batting average, eight runs, six RBIs, three home runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. The strikeouts, eh, not thrilled about all those strikeouts, but that's what happens when you got a power hitter in today's game. Guys are throwing 100. You either make contact and hit it far or you swing and you miss. That's today's baseball game. But Jake Berger... He also, he gives me a sense of like just someone who's so easy to root for because of how outstandingly difficult it was to come back from all his injuries. I mean, the Achilles on each leg, right? Isn't that what it was? One on each. And that's just brutal, brutal to try and come back from. And you've heard stories about him thinking about giving up like. That's it's borderline. It almost became an American tragedy and it turned into an American triumph. And now he's a full-time Major League Baseball player as far as I'm concerned. I love watching Jake Berger play. Nice dude. Seems like he comes from a good place. I just really enjoy rooting for this guy, and I, I hope he's okay. I mean, again, no broken bones. His hand's fine. He might be sore for a couple of days. I don't know if we'll see him hit for a couple of days here with these Detroit Tigers coming up. But hopefully he's ready by the Astros series. Maybe he'll even prove us all wrong and be in the starting lineup tomorrow. But hey, um... I really like watching him play. And a quick note about friend of the program, Jake Berger, guys. We do have some breaking news in terms of this this show. On July 18th, Monday, July 18th, our show, 8 p.m., our guest will be one Jake Berger and his newly, his new fiance, Ashlyn Carmella. So... Make sure you're here July 18th. It's going to be a great show. Just got to drop that in there real quick. Breaking news, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. I'm excited. I'm fired up. Gonzo, who you got for put on the board player of the week? And it's probably Jake Berger, but if you want to pick somebody else, that's okay too. I'd love to choose Berger, but, you know, I'm just humbled to have him on the show. It just shows us uh, how far we are really going with this show and just our second year together. Um, but there's a lot of good options out there. I'm going to have to go. I'll allow allow you two to have a little bit easier of an option. I'll go with Ronaldo Lopez um, to go back off of coaching with how thin the bullpen is. Um, The fact that Ronaldo Lopez went four innings, seven strikeouts, no runs, only allowed four hits and a walk. It's just dominance right there when you need it. Um, You got to get outs in the bullpen, especially when they're going out of the game early. You're starting to pitchers you got to eat up some innings and get some key outs and push to keep the game close um and at some point yeah you see the other side of it you see guys not get outs and costs you but i love ronaldo lopez i know Vinny brought up the trade there to get him uh where was that was nationals right Vinny? national uh, uh, adam eaton for lopez Julito dunning right another asset one of the quality assets that we got, not for him being a rotational arm that we thought he was going to become, but 
getting him in as a keep him in as a reliever and that just blossoming. That, that that's clutch, not only for making Tony's life easier, but key part of the bullpen when we've lost half of them. So good job, Ronaldo Lopez. Keep doing your thing. I love it, man. Thank you. And uh, who did I lead off with here? I, I left off with Vinny. So got, Zim, who you got for your put it on the board player of the week? So a little foreshadowing here. I really like what AJ Pollock has been doing lately. He sort of started to come alive uh, in, in that series against his former team, the Dodgers. And he's continued to let it roll. Uh, and, and impressively so with numbers that, uh, you know, Vinny was mentioning how much he enjoyed watching Jake Berger recently. Um, I mean, you, you had the lineup earlier. They're almost identical. Uh, Berger's just mashing a little harder, but you know, statistically speaking, the important numbers, uh, you know, are, are still very, very similar and he's outside of a, a, a a play here or there doing very well in the field as well. So yeah, a- AJ Pollock's my guy right now. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to let that ride into, into some later segments and um, yeah, not really much to say other than just he's seeing the ball, hitting the ball and catching the ball pretty well. Yeah. Across the board. I, I'm, I'm all three of these guys were my nominees today and uh, I'm, I don't have to pick one, but if I did, it would be Jake Berger. But I love I love all of them equally this week. So good job, gentlemen. Uh, let's keep that before we move on. Yes, Jake Berger is the only player on the White Sox today that started and did not record a hit. He did come out early, though. That just goes to show how th- this team can win without somebody who's been hot contributing. That's the key to success. You need it from everybody at different times. And hopefully it continues. Robert, for as much as he struggled, and we kind of ripped on him last segment, still batting 279, top and war, or near the top and war for the White Sox. So hopefully all these guys start becoming, put it on the board players of the week more often than not. I like it. I like I like the optimism, Vinny. And speaking of optimism, we're going to jump into White Sox Weekly, and Gonzo is going to let us know about the week that is coming up. So here it is, White Sox Weekly. Yes. Yes, this is Sorry, White Sox Weekly. Sounds behind me. It is White this Sox is Weekly. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute and let you take it away, Gonzo. Appreciate it, Joe. And this is the segment where I love to jump into the schedule here. And like we said earlier in the in the show, this is schedule is starting to loosen up a little bit. Maybe at the perfect time for the boys to get going. We're about to find out here, as they took a nine five win today with Lance Lynn on the mound versus Ronnie Garcia. And uh, for those that um, were listening to the broadcast earlier, um, kind of a start that you were expecting for the Tigers to try to jump on Lance Lynn and get be aggressive as he's getting back into it. But he battled through it, and I uh, kept the game close, and the ballpen did their thing. The offense rolled and didn't see too much bad defensively. Sox win 9-5, to take game one versus the Tigers in Comerica. Game two tomorrow, 
Um, still yet to be seen on who the Tigers are going to throw out there. I haven't seen any speculation yet. But, yes, yeah, Cease is going to jump up a day to go up against them. And, uh, honestly, what Cease has been, um, his last three outings, I'd say, weren't his best stuff, but he was able to battle through it. And hopefully a uh, outing versus Detroit will get him back onto uh, his game and continue down the stretch of the first half here. Uh, game three is going to be likely, if I had to take a guess, uh, Doug Martin maybe um, versus Fido. That would be my guess if I had to take a guess at who's going to go out there in game three. Vinny, do you have anything? Did you see anything on Twitter at all? No, I don't understand yeah. literally no matter where you look. They have Dylan C's pitching on Wednesday and Tuesday. Now I rip on Tony Larusa a lot. I rip on Tony Larusa a lot, and he had Dylan C's warming up in the bullpen on. <laughs> I think yeah. it was yesterday. He had him warming up in the bullpen. Well, I don't he think said, he's dumb enough to pitch him two days in a row, guys. This is a mistake on literally every no. site you look on. On the post game yesterday, he said that Dylan's pitching Tuesday, and he was only warming up in the bullpen because he was he was throwing a bullpen like a day that he should have been. If he was pit, so the bullpen that you saw in the bullpen on TV that should have been tomorrow, but since he's going to be pitching tomorrow, he threw that light bullpen to get him loose um, on Sunday's game. So you're going to see, see, like I said, pitch game two here. And I, I only said Doug Martin just because he pitched. I think it was Friday, Vinny, um, but that mm -hmm. would make the most sense to me um, with the arms out there. I mean, you can go Lambert, but I think with You'd roll with Martin with the performances he's had this season. I'd roll with him, um, especially with because um, you don't want to push. I wouldn't want to push Giolito up from his start. Um, I think that would be Friday. Move it up to because I, I want him to go up against Valdez in Houston, then Doug Martin to do that. Um, that's just the competitor in me. I'd want to pitch, you know, focus on the matchups here. And I think hopefully that's what Tony does. I would imagine that's what he's going to do. Um, but, yeah, I think my guess, game three, Doug Martin, throw him out there. Probably going to be a bullpen game, go from there. But he's been fired lately. Maybe you throw him and Lambert together like they did previously. Um, but, yeah, regardless, it's Detroit. Whatever they do of that nature should be good. But, uh, yeah, the second series of the week on the road is going to be in Houston, and at this moment, I'm guessing it's going to be Geo versus Valdez, and then Apple TV, game. by the way, on a Friday night. Oh man, good thing I paid for a uh, MLB package recently to watch that game. Um, and then game two is going to be uh, I would guess Cueto versus uh, Verlander. Um, I know they, I think that would match up to the days for Cueto and he pitched Sunday, so he should be fine to go on Saturday. Um, which tip of the cap to Cueto for manning up and going out there when Quebec got injured and tossing hell of a six inning stretch there. Um, and then Sunday, speaking of Kopech, um, I'd likely, it's probably going to be uh, Michael Kopech, the moist Kopech versus uh, Javier, Kirsten Javier. Hopefully that um, knee's not the, too moist. Yeah, Jesus, I wasn't ready for that. Um, You're welcome. To go, <laughs> to go with the hitters for the two series, um, you got the old and stable, Miggy, Miguel Cabrera, 
I think he had what three thousand forty hits. I think with the hit he had today, early on in the game, guy's unbelievable. Um, he's always fun to watch. Um, respect to him. Um, and then that second series, Valveras. I'm not sure if you guys saw my early ballot I put on Twitter. I think that was last week, but I voted for him as a DH and the All Star break. The guy's unbelievable right now. Bang three eleven. He he's on a rail. Seventeen. 17 home runs, 41 ribbies. Um, then, yeah, game two, if it's Cueto versus Verlander, Verlander, Cy Young um, stuff right or out there in the board with his stats and just pitching unbelievably for his age. Um, he, he's personally, I hate, I mean, given the respect I do for opposing teams, but if I had to create an all-time rotation of five guys, Verlander's in there. And that's just a little tease for if we do a all-time show in the future. But, um, yeah, that is the series Friday through Sunday versus the Astros. Awesome. Thank you, sir. And now we can dive into our picks to click for the week. And Zim had Jake Berger, so he wins. Congratulations, Zim. Um, so with that said, you, my friend, get first dibs. Oop, not new on Mankata. You're not picking you on Mankata. I doubt it. Um, uh, who, who, I mean, do you, who do you want to who do you want to go with this week? <laughs> I was gonna pick you on Mankata, but now that I'm gonna be shamed well, about it. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, I, I mentioned earlier. I really like what AJ Pollock's been doing, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the hot hand here. Um, take him. Uh, I, I really wanted to ride Burger three straight weeks, uh, but. I'm really glad I didn't after tonight. He's going to be out at least a couple games with that hand injury. And um, hopefully it's nothing severe. You said x-rays were negative, Vinny. So hopefully that means uh, he'll be back in the lineup soon enough and I can start riding that hype train again. But for the meantime, AJ Pollock is going to be the man and he is going to hit dingers and do baseball. Nice. I like that. He's going to do baseball. I agree. So good choice. Uh, Vinny Parisi, who are you going with for your pick to click? I'm taking Luis Robert. Um, he had a really good game today. Two hits. When he strikes out to those sliders away, it looks ugly. Kind of, You know who it reminds me of? I, I thought of this during the last segment, but we were running out of time. Um, Javier Baez. He definitely has more tools offensively than Javier Baez in every way, but those sliders away. Those guys like that. And Javi, Javi had a couple years where he was good at laying off them and he came second in MVP to Yelich. So we, we know what Luis Robert can do if he lays off that stuff more often than not. I think as he progresses, he will, all the tools are there. That's not going to matter for this one week though. We're going to get the one week and then I'll either win or lose, but I liked what I saw tonight. It'd be nice to get a home run from him. It's been a while. I like it. Great, great option. I like it, Vinny. Uh, Gonzo, I'll let you go next. Who are you going to pick? I'm not going to pick him just based off of tonight because I believe that he was going to have a hot start going into Detroit because his statistics historically have been really amazing in Detroit. I'm going with Jose Abreu. Um, not only do I think he's going to be on fire in Detroit like he did tonight, obviously, but um, I think he's going to carry that momentum into Houston um, versus some good pitching out there. But, I mean, this is a guy that's been rolling 
over the past, what, three weeks, I want to say. Because I think his batting average was like touching 210, maybe below that. And now it's up to 250. And the guys just continue to roll. And uh, I hope, I really hope he continues to roll because with all star voting, I'd love to get Pito to LA. That'd be nice. Uh, I, uh, I obviously, I say good choice. Uh, I'm going to go with Andrew Vaughn. I feel like he's going to turn things around this week and, and hopefully, uh, right the ship and not, no pun intended, uh, get some dingers going. So, uh, I, I like my chances with Andrew Vaughn this week to turn it around. So to recap, Andrew Vaughn for me, Gonzo's got Jose Abreu, Zim's got AJ Pollock, Vinny going with Luis Robert. Uh, all good stuff across the board, gents. Lots of good fun. And I've got an interesting uh, debate topic for us tonight, and we're going to get into it in just a second in this week's Guaranteed Take. And this is a painful one for me to bring up, but I have to. Uh, Jake Berger, of course, friend of the show, and uh, joining us as long as he's on the team on July 18th. Uh, Jake Berger has been the catalyst of this offense. Should the White Sox trade him while his value is high? Uh, It's one of those questions that a lot of people are probably going to talk about here in the coming weeks. So I figured why not have us be the first guys to talk about it? Vinny Parisi, I'll let you lead things off here because your eyes tell an interesting story. I would not trade Jake Berger. Um, If the White Sox are sellers, I believe Jose Abreu, A.J. Pollock, and Johnny Cueto will be their three biggest assets. But Jake Berger, I think, can help the team win now and later. And he's a third baseman by trade, but I think he's a DH long-term. When Abreu's gone, Andrew Vaughn will probably be the first baseman, so – that kind of leaves the DH spot open for Andrew Vaughn. He's going to have to continue playing outfield until Jose Abreu is gone. We don't know how long that's going to be, but every year I think this is like at the beginning, it feels like the time where Abreu is going to fall off and then he gets really hot like he is right now. And he's looking like the old Abreu again and he hit two tonight. So that kind of makes me hesitant on, Trading Jake Berger, though, just because of the offense he provides. If he can be a solid DH, which is something the White Sox have been historically awful at, even in 2005, I'm pretty sure Carl Everett like batted eighth as the DH in the World yes. Series coaching game. Like yep. It's just been a historically bad thing, and it was supposed to be an advantage to the American League teams. You know, I remember all my friends who are Cub fans, they would say, oh, well, the National League team play chess, and the American League teams play checkers because they have a DH. He's a guy who's only supposed to be able to hit well. And the White Sox have just been bad at it forever. And Jake Berger could be a guy who could do that, at least in the short term. But as of right now, I would not trade him. Yeah, I'm on board with you, Vinny. I think they should hold on to him right now. Um, I think he's more valuable to us than it would be on another organization. Chris Gonzalez, I'll let you go next. Trade Berger or uh, eat Berger? Um. I can get talked into it, trading him. Um, just depends on the package that you'd get for him um, and what Han deems is uh, necessary for to make this run in October. Um, and like I said, like 
if you're focusing on power, we got a lot of power guys in that lineup to give that power away. If you want to focus defensively, which is where we're slacking. Um, and again, it just depends on the package that you're going to get back from him. Um, other than that, I would hate to trade him away because he's uh, well about to be a friend of the network. And quite frankly, uh, as I said earlier, um, developing positional players that you've drafted, I'd love to see him take that leap and continue to take that leap that he's taking um, at the plate. But I would also love to see it on the field too with his glove. Um, yeah, I just hope uh, hope he's here to stay. But uh, if you do get him traded while the value is high, I just hope he can bring back uh, what he's worth. And at the moment, it's, it's up there right now. He could be rookie of the year. Certainly could be. Uh, Steven Zim Zimmerman, would you trade Berger or keep him? Um, that's hard because, like, the the thing that immediately jumps out at me is how not deep the White Sox farm system is. Um, it's not as bad, I think, as, like, MLB.com wants to make it out to be. But it's, it's not, not what it was five years ago. Yeah. So you kind of sit there and go, well, what are we going to get back for? Him? You know, if it's a win now style trade, like the Kimber Kimbrel trade. No, no, he's not. He's too valuable to do something like that with him. Like this Andrew Vaughn for Frankie Montas trade that we were talking about at the beginning <laughs> of the season. No, I'm not. I'm not trading Jake Berger for Frankie Montas. That that's not happening. That's just not a good move for this team. But if the White Sox say this isn't our year, we're sellers, not buyers. What can we get? You know, so somebody says, here's three next. Uh, here's three good prospects. You know, we, we get a Giolito Dunning um, uh, you know, well, and, and Adam Eaton type deal. Yeah. You know, you, you get an Adam Eaton type deal for him, you do it, I think. I think he um he's worth that. And it's it there's a lot of nuance to a conversation like this because of the player he is. You know, like Vinny mentioned, what he brings for the future. Um but like Gonzo said, I could be talked into it. It would really just depend on the circumstances surrounding it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I feel that Zim. I feel it. I really feel it in my soul. But uh, we got a question here from from Vincent Sony, and I think it's a it's a relevant question. If there was one player we were going to trade for at the deadline, who would it be? I know, I know, I know Vinny talked about starting pitching earlier. Um, for me, it's 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 a guy like a third or or borderline fourth starter that is going to be available for not much. And by that, I'm, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll trade Jake Berger for Shohei Otani at the deadline. I think we could make that happen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, we'll, uh... I want what he's having. I mean, if I could trade for one player, regardless of the cost, yeah, I'd, I'd go after Shohei immediately. But I mean, <laughs> if you're, if you're like trying to be reasonable and like, okay, Who's a guy that you think you can? I mean, I still think a Frankie Montas is is a really good target for this team. It's just depending on price. But the A's, 
the A's were saying that they're only making that trade and they're starting off with Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, beans um, beans out of his mind. They're they're not they're not getting Frankie Montas. Yeah, now no. they've lost twelve we, in a row though and when we get closer to the there. when we get closer to trade deadline, I'll throw some arms at you guys. But as far as a one player right off the top of my head that I want right now to make this team that much more better would be second baseman from the Marlins, Jazz Chisholm Jr. That's a lefty bat that I would love to add into this lineup right now. Yeah, I mean, he's a fiery player, but so is Timmy, T.A. Um, oh, Tim, Tim and Jazz would, would be electric, man. He I would be electric. I think it just depends on the package you throw at them. Because first you have to know what the Marlins are looking for in their organization. Are they, are they looking for prospects, MLB-ready players? Like, what are they looking for and where that's going to start at? You know that they've got to be open-minded to it. Like, I think they would at least listen if you called, as long as you were serious, just based on what happened earlier this season with Derek Jeter, with him leaving the organization because they didn't want to go the direction he want, he had in mind, which to me, that tells me they weren't interested in winning. They're worried about making money, not winning games. So you throw out the right price for, for Jazz, like – I think you could get him. It's just a matter of what that price would be. And quite frankly, that's just one player. Like I would stay on the phone with them because I would go after, gosh, him, Jesus Sanchez as an outfielder, um, or their rotation. Yeah, they probably won't. I would love to get Sandy Alcantara. Probably won't get him, <laughs> yeah, but the, I would stay on the, the phone. Young. We're not going to get I'd him. I stay on the phone with Pablo Lopez and that same rotation. Now, so, I think – Another phone call that should be made is you should call Tampa and just try to get a feel for who they're trying to get. You know, don't make any deals with them, but they seem to know what they want when they get players and they do, uh, they do a pretty good job. So maybe, maybe you just call down to Tampa and say, Hey, uh, what are you guys looking for right now? What are you interested in? And you kind of do some introspection and say, okay, so they're looking at this guy, this guy, this guy. What do they see in him? Who else do we see with those kind of – and then go after those kind of guys. It's kind of the game within the game. But and I don't you know. want to steal words out of Vinny's mouth here, but he brought up someone earlier in the year that I like too, which was John Means from Baltimore as a lefty. I like Means. He's going to be out for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Is he out for the year? Yes, he yeah, might he even be out for the year. year. I'm not sure. I was going to write an article about trading for Jazz Chisholm Jr., and I looked at my phone and I saw that they changed their profile picture on Twitter to a picture of him. And I was like, if they're making this guy their Twitter profile picture, how can I think they're going to, I'm going to get torched if I write this article. But then they obviously changed it back to their pride flag for June. But, but and like they traded Derek Lee and Miguel Cabrera. Exactly. Like, that That's why I'm like, it still could happen. So I don't, I'm hesitant, but Oh man, that'd be cool. Him and TA and are in they, the middle of the infield. Are they that'd also cool. drawing a, are they also drawing attention to him to get his value up to trade him? Like that could be because they had a team um, meeting about not liking him too a couple days yeah. ago. I don't know if you guys saw that whole nonsense. They had a team meeting where multiple players like complained about his quote unquote antics on the field, but like the guy's electric factory. He helps you win. Mm-hmm. But Chicago would love. Oh yeah absolutely love him absolutely. He, he would he would be the dennis rodman <laughs> on this yep. team you know absolutely and ta and him would thrive the one arm i was going to throw out there david bednar pittsburgh pirates 
sporting a really good ERA. The Pirates are for sure going to be sellers at the deadline. They're one of the worst teams in the National League. They have a nice set of prospects there. Uh, Key Brian Haynes, who credit to Robert Murray, broke the deal, news of his contract extension. Um, I like Bednar a lot. I think he'd be a really good rotation piece. I actually think he might, if he joined the White Sox right now, yeah, 1.97 ERA. As of, I don't know when this are. Oh, this was June 2nd. So I don't know if he made a start since then. But at as of June 2nd, 1.97 ERA. We'd all sign up for that. I mean, imagine Bednar with the the big four on the White Sox. That'd be pretty cool. So that would that's my long answer. And I want to throw Love one it. more arm out there. Um, go to call up Arizona. Zach Gallen. Yep. Another arm to yeah, keep an eye out for. Good, for sure. Guys, I got to give a shout out to David G. Who just left a comment here. Uh, David G, senior citizen, White Sox fan, officially letting go of the White Sox post game. They're afraid to tell the truth and keep it a hundred. So I'm going to follow you guys, David. We appreciate it, man. Thank you for joining us, tuning in. And yeah, we always like to bring the truth and we, uh, we speak our minds about White Sox baseball and that's what's happening right now. So thanks for joining us and everyone else in the chat. It's about time. Someone appreciates me speaking my mind. I always appreciate you, Vinny. <laughs> Vinny, for those of you who don't know, Vinny spoke his mind at WGN today for 10 minutes about White Sox baseball. They gave him a 10-minute spot. So, Vinny, that, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It was really cool. Um, shout out to Larry. He reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to come on. I was like, do I want to come on one of the largest national news stations in the world? Of course I do. So, shout out to him. Thank you very much. It, it was fun. I, I like talking about the White Sox. And... Nothing that I say is meant to, you know, steer people the wrong way. It's just when I watch the games, I feel like I see what I see. And, you know, when this team's good, we'll all be happy together. Regardless of how we think they should get there, we just want them to get there. So good stuff. Good stuff is right. Hopefully Burger's okay. Yes, <laughs> I hope so as well. So we've reached the tail the end of our show. We usually have a lighthearted, fun thing. Uh, at the end and before we get out of here. So real quick, uh, Friday, June 24th is Lollapalooza Day at the ballpark, gentlemen. Have you ever been to Lollapalooza? Or if not, what's one of your favorite headliners? If you've been there, do you have a story? Um, I, I guess I'll lead things off because I've been to Lollapalooza one time. I went to go see Blink-182 because they're one of my favorite bands and I wanted to see them at Lollapalooza. And... And, and, and I'm sorry if anyone listening loves Lollapalooza, but if I had to describe Lollapalooza to someone that has not been there, I call it hell on earth. Just uh -huh. thousands of people, wall to wall, sweaty hot on the hottest weekend of the year in August, and everyone is smoking weed. When you put all those things together, and you are thirsty and sweaty, and it's just disgusting and you're wall to wall it is the worst thing in the world blink 182 set was fantastic whatever but it's not for me but uh they're gonna have fun at the ballpark with Lollapalooza day uh it's just it's not my thing uh Vinny or gonzo since you two actually live in the state have you guys been to Lollapalooza or anything like that I've never been to Lollapalooza but I love music fests I've never been to one quite as large is Lollapalooza in terms of people, 
But I don't know if you guys remember, there were a couple concerts way back when I was in, I'm not trying to make anyone feel old here, but I was in middle school or high school and I used to go to like Ozfest or Uproar or, nice. you know, a couple of those. Uh, Mayhem was real popular. One of my all-time rock favorite star, bands. Uh, you. Yeah, Rockstar Uproar was the big one. Avenged Sevenfold was there with like Bullet for My Valentine and Three Days Grace and all that kind of stuff. That That's where I normally lie. If I'm, I was looking at Lollapalooza's thing this year, I, I, I do like Metallica. You know, I lean hard rock, heavy metal, pop punk in my music adventures, but I do really like Metallica. I saw them at Soldier Field one time, and then Green Day's one of the days, too. I do see Green Day every yes. time, but I probably won't ever do Lollapalooza just because, I mean, no, I pro- I shouldn't say that. I would like to go once in my life, at least. I just don't know. That's why I did it. I had I to do it know. once. Yeah, I want to do it one time. I don't. Can you buy, like, multiple days, or do you have to go to all four days? No, you can you can buy individual days. Metallica's the Thursday and Green Day's the Sunday. I'm like, why can't I just watch Metallica and Green Day on the same day? I'm not the biggest. I mean, I like hip hop, but none of these ones really stick out too much to me. Like Lil Baby's pretty cool. I like Lil Baby. J. Cole's fine. Big Sean's obviously wildly popular, but Metallica and Green Day for me on this list. Yeah, Green Day is one of the best live bands I've ever seen. They're just so tight well, and, I, and zim shaking his head i know zim agrees with me yeah. um but yeah and by the way green day is probably going to be dropping a new album around that time uh, 1976 they've been teasing it for months yeah um just waiting i'm waiting for Pump. it give it to me Pump. um <laughs> all right uh gonzo have you been to have you been there or uh Lollapalooza or do you have any stories do you like any headliners um i haven't been to lala um which is sad because, like, I really wish I would have went probably two years um, of recency. It would have been 2019 when Juice World was playing there. I would have loved to see Juice playing that in the stomping grounds in Chicago. And, yes, RIP to Juice. Um, and also Posty in 2021 when he played here. However, I did see Post Malone in concert before COVID hit at the UC. That was October of 2020 um i believe that was 2019 no 2019 yes october 2019 um it was a tuesday night i saw him at the uc and i wish it was on the weekend because i had to work the next day and i'd stay sober for that concert um but it was a crazy weekend because me and soraya watched chain smokers that friday of that week Um, i wish it was i wish it was flip-flopped or chain smokers on tuesday and posting on a friday but it was hilarious because Posty comes out in the UC wearing a um, Harold's Chicken T-shirt and pajama pants, <laughs> and nice. he was just rolling. And I think he had like another show like the next day in in Phoenix, I believe it was. So he, he got out of there ASAP. Um, but yeah, I would have loved to have gone to those two performances. Missed it. I forgot what I was doing at the time. Probably wasn't worth it if I could go back in hindsight to watch Juice before the news, you know, coming out a year later um yeah so yeah just uh said i missed that opportunity um but yeah now i'm out here in san diego so i can't even uh i'd have to buy some tickets to fly out there to see lala yeah i went to two Sox games on lala weekend last year and it was brutal getting in and out of guaranteed rayfield you wouldn't think because grant park isn't necessarily like a a rock a stone throw away from guaranteed rayfield but it also is not too far 
Yeah, like the Dan yeah. Ryan is backed up so bad. Yeah. And it's just a nightmare. If you go to Guaranteed Ray Field the weekend of Lollapalooza, I'm not going to steer anyone away from going to White Sox games. I want that place filled up. But if you go, plan on hitting the Red Hots after or yeah. go to Chai Sox Bar and Grill, Buffalo Wings and Wings or something because you might as well because if you don't, you're just going to be sitting in your car instead. It's much yeah, more fun sitting than in traffic. Wings and drinking That's bruises. it. You know- Grant Park might not be super close by, but like yeah. the main thoroughways in and out of Grant Park and Sox Park are exactly the same road. So yeah, you yeah. got to deal with it one way or another. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, Lollapalooza night. I'm curious to see what they do with the ballpark because I don't know if they, I think this might be a new one. I don't think they've done this before. Uh, I don't believe but, so. But Zim, I know you're a music festival guy. Um, yes. you, you've not been, I don't, I don't believe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've not been to Lala, but no know, favorite music festival, uh, Lala memory. too big for me. It's insane. Like, I, I do not, I don't recommend it. I'm, I'm, I'm very much a fan of festivals. I've been to more warp tours than I can remember. Um, you know, Vinny mentioned that. mayhem festival. I've been to that a couple times. Um, uh here uh, a local radio station puts on a big gig every year i've i've been and played at that um which was really really cool experiences to go to one of those kind of festivals as um as a fan and then to get to go as a performer like very very different uh experiences but at the end of the day they felt similar at the same time, you know, that as a performer, they gave me a little wristband, you know, that lets me into certain areas and I didn't have to pay for a ticket to go see any of the main headliners or anything. But at the same time, Hey, there's a comeback kid shirt right there. I've, I've seen them. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but yeah, getting to go as a performer, it was really interesting because like they don't treat you like they treat the big bands, you know, you, at like at like a venue like Warp Tour, like they do because like it's all punk rock, it's all pop punk, it's all metal, it's you know that genre, and so like there's a certain level of inclusiveness that happens and a certain level of humility that most of those bands, I'm not going to pretend like all of them are like the most humble like you know, nice guys on the street, but like, I feel like there's just more of them because it's not as mainstream music. Whereas at this big gig that I played, it was, you know, it was hosted by a radio station. So the bands headlining were um, ex ambassadors and cage the elephant. And so while it was super cool to get to have my name on a poster with those guys, like we were after our set was done, effectively just fans I was like, load your crap in, load your crap out. All right, you can go stand in the back and watch the band if you want. You're not allowed in the seating area, though. Like, what? Mm-hmm. So, um, but, you know, I, I've I've done my fair share of them. You know, I live uh, 10 minutes down the road from Red Rocks Amphitheater. So uh, nice. it's kind of just a lifestyle here in Colorado for some people. Um, it's It's been awesome. I've gotten to see so many bands that were like on my bucket list and, you know, Blink-182, I've, I've gotten to see it at some of these festivals, um, which was really cool because Weezer and Taking Back Sunday were also on that bill. Um, I saw Katy Perry at the nice. Broncos 
uh, at, in the parking lot of the Broncos stadium, because that's where they hold warp tour out here when it happened. Um, you know, so getting to see Katy Perry on like this big punk show was the strangest thing of all time. Um, nice. You know, Billy Idol played in years prior to that as well. So I've got stories for days about music festivals. Unfortunately, I've never been to Lala. Um, I feel like if I ever did, I would just hop the fence because there's no way they're going to catch everybody that hops the fence. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> or just, you know, slowly walk past the uh, venue. You know, you walk by slowly enough and you get to hear a set. So, oh, yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, you could pay for a good seat, but you can also just walk by and it serves the same purpose. So, and also, if anyone is go, anyone wants to go to Lollapalooza night at Sox Park, as I mentioned, it is Friday, June 24th against the Orioles. Uh, I happen to be selling a pair of tickets. So, if you guys want them, hit me up on Twitter. I'll give you a deal. It's no problem. You know what I mean? Is that what this was all about, Joe? Was this just a long 10-minute conversation for you to try to to pimp out your tickets? Not really, but it kind of <laughs> looks that way, doesn't it? <laughs> um, no, not intentionally, but <clears throat> believe me, there's no, no urge to buy. But uh, you can if you want. Just hit me up. Um, anyway, great stuff, guys. Fun show. I want to give a massive shout out before we do shout outs to our guest, you know, Kenneth Davis just absolutely brought the fire. Uh, I always love talking with him and talking White Sox baseball. And we got, even got a little dabble of bears there at the end. So all great stuff, but let's get to the shout outs, boys. Uh, Zim, you've been, you've been gone for a hot minute. So we'll let you go first with shout outs. What do you got? Uh, somebody's got a birthday. I don't remember Yesterday. who I was supposed to shout out for that. Um, but, uh, Garbanzo, Garbanzo or something, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> he told me Garbanzo I wasn't allowed to miss. He told me I wasn't allowed to miss the show cause it's his birthday present. So happy birthday to Gonzo. Um, as well as, I don't know, just everybody listening, everybody out there who's, I don't, it's just, it's a, it's a good life right now. So shout out to all the people in my life making it that way. Awesome, man. And I like that. That's, that's beautiful. Uh, we'll toss things over to the birthday boy. Uh, at least it was yesterday, but we'll pretend that it's today. Gonzo <laughs> shout outs, my friend, and a happy birthday to you from all of us here at the South Burbs Sitman. We love you and we are, we wish we could give you a sweaty hug. <laughs> I appreciate that, Joe. And I would gladly take a sweaty hug while I'm out yeah. here on the West Coast. You know um, you would. You want to be sweaty with the humidity. There's, you know, it's nice and dry out here. It's, uh, it's nasty it here today, man. I think it was 75 and sunny today, or something like that. And my girlfriend messaged me a tornado warning or something. And I'm like, you know, what is a what is a tornado warning <laughs> out here? I told her, what, what is bumps. rain out here? But yeah. Um, no, shout out to my, uh, while I'm on the topic, um, shout out to my girlfriend, Soraya. Um, she came out here, uh, gosh, Wednesday night last week and left Saturday. She came out for two interviews. So hopefully we're closing in on her, uh, finalizing a job, landing one, and, uh, moving out here to join me in this, uh, beautiful estate of San Diego. Um, but San Diego's a state now? Estate, I said estate. 
Ah. I, I called him his date. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we also, another good news is I uh, finally uh, have moved into my new place out here. So it's looking Ooh. a little bit nicer. Um, I make, the I'm internet's small, great too. Yeah, internet's great. It's not crashing on me. Um, and hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I'll have a better background than my window behind me. But I got to get things situated over here first. Um, there you go, baby. Yeah, I'm making, I'm making small uh, small moves out here. Um, but other than that, I'm going to shout out um, three of you guys, of course, always keeping me on my toes this week. I know I, me and Vinny put the, the gloves on, but we always enjoy um, going at it and uh, just enjoying always. this team overall. Um, <laughs> and, and I know off here, me and him always enjoy the time of talking about whatever's going on with sports or entertainment. Um, and nevertheless, you know, I haven't seen him too much as him, but I know he's got his busy life with this kid lately and he's coaching and you really want to get on a heated seat. I'm sure, you know, if Twitter saw his son's team, Zim would be on a heated seat right now, not coaching them to the capabilities that they are of MLB or of the future. Um, that's okay. Zim being an umpire. When I first started off that first year of umpiring, I started off at that little league level, you know, the little guys. Yeah. And I saw how amazing the parents are. Um, but yeah, kudos to you, Zim, for making appreciate it for getting you on. And uh, we're growing. And it's great to see the growth that we've had. And uh, Joe is just fabulous with his edits and everything that he does for the show. Um, I got I got to really shout Thank out you. these, you know, our chat. They're always I'm missing most of it usually because I was playing the I was actually watching the game the Sox game on the phone today, but um, I'm, they're always killing it in the chat, and I'm not even getting to respond to most of the comments that I want to respond to. I need to get better at that, and I will get better at that. Um, but that was a valid question by Vincent in the chat. We appreciate that. Um, I think that's going to be it for my shoutouts. It was pretty lengthy there. Yeah, a lot of thanks, talk, man. But yeah, that's all I got. Appreciate it, Gonzo. Mr. Vincenzo, Vinny Parisi, what do you got for shout-outs, buddy? I always lead off my shout-outs with my girlfriend, Katie, who I love very much. She was the first person I had to call when I learned I was going to be on WGN Radio today. That was or WGN TV, WGN Web. I don't know what the hell it is. Either way, I love you. Mom and Dad, Joey, of course, always, you know, those four lead the way in my life. And then beyond that, my family and friends, lots of you know, people reached out to me today. I can't thank everybody enough for listening to this show, the other shows, the small appearances on other networks. I appreciate it very much. Gonzo, a very, very happy birthday to you. Um, hoping that all your dreams come true. I'm very happy to hear about Soraya's opportunity and Joe and Zim. Very much grateful for all three of you, including me on the show. Great stuff. It's been a great start to the season show-wise. Let's hope the White Sox are able to match what we do on this show going forward. I think there's a possibility. I really, really do. I'm staying optimistic on that front. I think everything everything bad that I've said about all different figures on the team, whether it be Tony LaRussa or Rick Hahn or Yoan Moncada, at the end of the day, I do believe everybody can turn it around if they just start to do it. I know that sounds easier. I know it sounds cliche, but we saw it last year. I believe we can see it this year. We'll see if they're given an opportunity to. So if they can match what we're doing on this show, then the show will fly even further. So shout out to you guys. Much appreciated. Uh, it's going to be a great I summer. It. I love it, man. Thanks, Vinny. Appreciate that. 
Yeah, congrats on being on WGN. That was great. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the appearance, it's on our we retweeted it on the South Burbs Hitmen Twitter. It's also on the South Burbs Hitmen Facebook. Uh, it's on Vinny's Twitter. It's on Vinny's Facebook, the Barroom Network Facebook, or and tw- the Barroom Network's Twitter. Uh, you can find it wherever you want. Great stuff. Vinny talked for 10 minutes about the White Sox. It was awesome. So go check that out. Uh, before I get to my shout outs, uh, big week coming up in the Barroom. You got before us, you had the double A team. Uh, so you can go check that out. Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls is coming up this week. You got Greg Gabriel talking football. Vinny's got Bar Down Blackhawks, and he's got Crosstown Crosstalk. Vinny, do you have anything to give us for those two shows cut up this week? Any 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 teas? I'm still working to confirm. There's a very, very big guest coming on the hockey show within the next week or two. I don't know if it's going to be this week or the following week. Um, if you follow hockey closely, you'll know what I mean by referencing chicken parm. And that's going to be the clue that I give away on who it is. I don't know if it's going to be next week or the week after, but the Stanley Cup final starts on Wednesday between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Colorado's looking to win for the first time since 2001, and Tampa Bay's looking to win their third straight Stanley Cup. So it's going to be really, really cool. Each player has Hall of Famers, or each team has Hall of Famers all over the ice. It is going to be a delightful delightful Stanley Cup final. I don't remember the last time two teams with this much skill played against one one another in the final. I'm just super stoked about it. So, And then Crosstown Crosstalk, talking baseball, a little more wide MLB scale. I, I still talk about the White Sox way too much on that show. But, you know, it's a little more broad in the whole MLB scheme. So make sure you check them out. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And we have confirmation for our guest on next week's show if I could do the math correctly, uh, next week, a week from today, would be June 20th. And Gonzo, we have Sean Sierra joining us on the show. Um, talk some White Sox baseball. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. And make sure you subscribe to the Barroom Network here on YouTube uh, or on Facebook or Twitter and hit that subscribe button. Uh, like all of our pages. Follow us. We appreciate the support. It means the world. We thank you for tuning in and helping us build this brand and uh, build this show. It's been an absolute pleasure putting the show on for you guys every single week. Thank you, chat room. You're the best. Uh, as for my shout outs, I always want to shout out my beautiful wife, Catherine, my beautiful baby girl, Audrey, and my two-year-old Great Dane Maverick. I'll be coming up to see you guys here in just a few minutes. I love you guys very much. Uh, massive shout out to our guest tonight, Kenneth Davis. You were the man. Thank you for all the time. Uh, all my White Sox brother-in-arms here in one place tonight. It, it feels like I hit the jackpot. Shout out to you, Vinny, you, Zim, and you, Gonzo. I appreciate you guys. And I just get to – I love to be able to do this show every single week. It, it gives me great joy. It, it actually killed me not to be able to do the show last week. You know I was really under the weather with COVID for me not to do it because I was really close to trying to do the show last week. Uh, I feel awful for our guest, J.J. Stankovitz. Uh, unfortunately his schedule probably doesn't allow him to come back on, uh, during the season, but we will make a point to bring him on next year. We promise you that. Hey, JJ's um, a Colts guy anyway. Now it's fine. <laughs> but he's a diehard White Sox fan. So he is. He Colts is. Going to the playoffs next year. Go Colts. I'm not a Colts Hey, fan, they, but. they very well might be they're, they're in the other conference. We're allowed to root for him. No, JJ is yeah. awesome. He, he had some really, really great White Sox content when he was with NBC Chicago, just like uh, Kenneth Davis does now. So 
Yeah, all good stuff. So we'll try to get JJ back on in the future, but uh, I just couldn't push through last week. And I'm glad to be able to be back doing the show because it literally makes me feel better and it just helps me build my week. So thank you to everyone who tunes in and thank you guys for doing the show for me. It means the world to me. And that's it, guys. We've reached the end of the rope. The show is over. Two hours and 20 minutes. It went long, but I feel like it was a very complete show. A lot of fun, a lot of great conversation. We had it all tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in. That's it. So we're going to roll the credits here. But before we do, let's go, White Sox. Let's start going. Let's get this motor running. I feel like I, I'm going to sing this song, Bad to the Bone. But uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Bad to the bone. That's right. These boys are bad to the bone. Time to knock out the Tigers. Let's go to Houston. Let's kick some trash throw ass. And then let's do it all again next week against the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm feeling it. You're feeling it. We're going to get out of here for the South Burb Sitman. I'm Joe Mandel. That's Vinny Parisi. This guy over here at Steven Zim Zimmerman. And the top left, that's Chris Gonzalez. We'll see you guys next week with guest Sean Sierra. Let's go White Sox. <laughs>